everybody, this is Terry Runnels, former WWE superstar, and you are listening to All Steak and No Sizzle, and you damn well better listen to it every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with my best man, Devin. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of All Steak, No Sizzle. I am your host, Devin McKenzie, here with another episode of Podcast Gold. And I am joined by three very special gentlemen. Uh, You'll be hearing our voices a lot more in the future. This is the, I guess you would say, the the preview launch of a future podcast that we're going to be putting out called Kickouts and Three Counts. Um, It's going to be a wrestling slash MMA themed podcast and let me go ahead and uh, introduce you to the people that are going to be joining us on that show. Uh, let's just go let's go right to left. I did. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, wrote, I wrote it down so I wouldn't do I know, it. And I, was like, <laughs> I was trying not to like mess up your flow because you sounded good and I was like okay man. <laughs> So, all right, let's let's get the name of the podcast right. Sit, Ace, you came up with the name, Kyle. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell the people what the name of the show is and what they, what can they expect from you personally on knockouts and three counts. Like Kevin said, I, we need to get that correct. It's knockouts and three counts. We teamed <laughs> up with our sister podcast, All State No Sizzle. Uh, Wait, why well, is it going to be sister podcast? <laughs> Katie, bro. Brother podcast, Thank you. whatever you want. Don't get sensitive. <laughs> is it that time of the month for you, bro? <laughs> I mean, let's get let's go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what you guys can expect from me is uh, a wrestling fan of 20 plus years with my thoughts on the business. Um, obviously, I've never wrestled a match before, man, but I've been watching it and I've watched it clear from the attitude era now to today right. and even stuff back in the 80s so i love to be uh i like to know the behind the scenes all that good stuff uh so i like to consider myself a little bit of a buff as far as it comes to wrestling uh as far as the mma side of it i'm a brazilian jiu-jitsu purple belt under team kai he just got my first stripe there i fought congratulations man boxing uh, so you know and i've been around the mma game with my teammates for going on eight or nine years now okay so i can bring i'm gonna bring to you guys uh my perspective not only from having fought but um you know just training with some of the best guys in the world some of my teammates are bobby nash miles jury i've trained with darren crookshank in the past all guys that have made it to ufc and Ryzen, and uh you know i uh you know i just bring I just would like to think I bring you a little bit of flavor to it. So, all right, and uh, you'll hear later on in this episode, me and uh, Kyle, are, we're gonna break down UFC 212, which just happened this past weekend. You can uh, expect that a little bit later in the show. But uh, 
let's go ahead and introduce uh, another one of the co-hosts on this show, Mr. Kevin. Kevin, why don't you go ahead and you know tell the people who you are? Oh, uh, real quick, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and throw your social media out for the people real quick? At Detroit Knockout, at D- Detroit, N-O-K-O-U-T. Uh, it's the same on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you want to get in contact with me personally, it's uh, Kyle Collison on Facebook, K-Y-L-E-C-O-L-L-I-S-O-N. All righty. And make sure you all uh, get that spelling down because there's two Kyles on this show. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, If it looks like collision, you might just be looking at it. <laughs> all right, Kev. We have Kev on the show. Kev, why don't you go ahead and tell the people what what you bring to the show, you know, uh, and throw your social media out there, too. Well, what I bring to the show is recommended a 20-plus year wrestling fan. My insight of what I think should or could happen or would would be the, a better idea in my in my opinion, in my opinion. Okay. You say you've been watching wrestling for 20-plus years, man? Yes. That's a long time, brother. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Starting don't need to make us feel old, dog. Starting the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm no better, man. I got, I'm gonna say thirty, man, because I probably was watching wrestling when I was two years old. But, uh, well, okay. Why don't you go ahead and throw your social medias right, out there for the people? Follow me on Twitter at uh, all day and underscore and and the letter N tomorrow. All right. Well, and wait, say that one more time for the people. All day underscore and tomorrow. Okay, and that's on Twitter. That's on Twitter. Twitter. Right. And my Instagram is trippy underscore still underscore red. Okay. Trippy still red. Trippy underscore still underscore, underscore red. All righty. All righty. Um, so, r- real quick, man. Do you watch MMA or UFC at all, man? Um, when I get a chance, I haven't, like, since Punk fought up last thing I've seen, like, really. Okay. So. <laughs> that's, that's been a while, brother. <laughs> but, hey, you know, you're definitely going to be one of the stronger uh, voices on the wrestling side um so let's introduce our third uh <laughs> co-host of the show mr kyle campbell <laughs> yeah kyle couldn't make it for this episode so filling in for kyle and i'm pretty sure this gentleman will be on the show again mr tim Payne, aka t Payne himself <laughs> so uh tim why don't you go ahead and uh tell the people you know your your experience with wrestling or MMA or if, if neither one or both, you know, why don't you go ahead and tell the people and throw your social media out there if you want to. You don't have to. Okay. Um, so I've been I haven't been an MMA fan for a while. I've been okay. watching wrestling up to about fifteen, maybe twenty years old. Wow. So I'm only twenty five, but I mean I started at a young age. Okay. So you're twenty five. Yeah. I'll be twenty five in September. Thirty-two. <laughs> See, why you got to put me in there, man? Because it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Did, did you want to throw your social media out there? You don't have to if no. you don't want to. Okay. So if you want to, but if you want to follow any of us, you can go on Facebook and check out the Reality News Era Facebook group. Um, that's pretty much all of us are in there. If you want to interact with us, you can post stuff. You can uh, follow along in our trivia Wednesdays, which is done by Mr. Kevin here. And there also will be our Twitter and Facebook account for Knockout Takedown as well. Exactly, exactly. So uh, let me go ahead and introduce myself. Like, well, you already know I'm the host of this damn show. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, hi, I'm Devin. And, hi, uh, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> like, <we're> 
Um, what I bring to the show is, um, I've been watching wrestling, probably, like I said, since I was probably like two or three years old, man. So that's damn near 30 years of, of, of wrestling. I've watched pretty much every territory you can think of from the big to, to the small. I mean, I remember watching Stone Cold, some of Stone Cold's first matches, man. So that's how far back I've been watching wrestling. And then as far as MMA, um, I have a couple friends who got me into MMA as far as watching it. I've been watching MMA probably since... Seriously, watching this since about 2008, I remember watching the first UFCs. You know, my my sister had the the VHS and uh, watching those. So I've been watching MMA a very long time. I've gone to a lot of fights. Uh, I most recently went to the Dallas fight, which I talked about on the show a little bit. But um, I go to fights all the time. I've met some great uh, MMA fans. I've gone to wrestling shows. I've met some great wrestling fans, and uh, I'm I'm definitely excited to do this this show with you you guys, man. Especially you, uh, replacement cow. <laughs> okay. Replacement <laughs> cow. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and um, let's go ahead and jump into once again what what else we can kind of expect from this show in the future, um, Kyle. So here's well, before we do that, we're gonna have to come up with nicknames for you and other because I thought the, we already addressed this already. Really? Not officially. Not not officially. So you want to be Kyle Collision so, or you want to be White Kyle? <laughs> how about we just go with Collision? Okay. I mean, that's it. You either get that or you get fresh to death with some boys called me that at the gym. So it's all good. Fresh to death? You haven't heard that yet. So So we'll go with Kyle Collision and we'll have to come up with the nickname for, uh, well, I'll just call him Black Kyle for right now. But uh, <laughs> shout out to Kyle, man. We'll definitely get him. To uh, introduce himself uh, whenever we can get him on the show, but uh, Kyle Collision, let's start with you. Um, what do you? What are your expectations for the show, man? Um, I just wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted the show to be a little bit of both sides. Uh, MMA is a big passion of mine. As long as, as far as uh, wrestling, it's the same deal. Uh, I've been watching a long time. Uh, I was originally going to school for sports journalism, worked with Channel 7 a little bit in high school. So for me, this is an outlet to, you know, get to, you know, talk about some of the things that have been big passions in my life, whether it be sports, whether it be wrestling. Uh, So it's a way for me to explore the journalistic side of, you know, both sports. Um, I think for me, you just can expect a little bit of sarcasm, a little bit of fun. Uh, (laughs) I don't know, man. I think we're gonna have a fun ride with this show. Alrighty, uh, Kev, man. What are you? What are your expectations and, and um, ideas for the show in the future? Well, I just want to want the show to just be just fun, just us getting together, having fun, me spending time with my brothers. That's really it. Just shooting the shit. shit. Exactly. Hey, that's 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 the fun thing about podcasting. A lot of people start thinking, "Oh man, I'm gonna get nervous, man." And I don't know. Dude, it's just it's just guys sitting around talking about stuff that they they enjoy, man. What's that? Yeah, we all have the confidence. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Tim, I know you're a guest on the show, but uh, what? Well, let me let me let me throw let me put it this way: you're a part of the the reality news era group on Facebook. Um, you're you'll be a contributor to this show from time to time, man. What do you what do you bring to the group? The reality news era group and to uh, 
let me get it right, people. Knockouts and three cows. <laughs> well, can't even get our own damn name right. This is a great way to start it. Hey, I, see, I've been used to saying all steak, no sizzle so long, man. It's, it's, it's all good. Yeah. You get a mulligan. You get a mulligan. <laughs> but, uh, Tim, what do, you, what do you expect from this show and from the group, too, man? Well, I just want to bring positive things to the group. Like, uh, what I see what everybody thinks. Everyone's input on everything and go from there. Just wants to provoke. He wants to bring the power of positivity. The power of positivity. P.O.P. Holding it down. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, let's jump into our first topic on this show. This past Sunday, we watched Extreme Rules. Uh, some of us watched it in more interesting ways than others. <laughs> uh, me and Kyle were at Bailey's, and unfortunately, they didn't have any sound, so we just watched it. Uh, Kev, you yeah, you just had to listen to it. <laughs> me? I was at home, and I watched it. Right, so you're you're gonna get uh <laughs> you're gonna get some different perspectives. So uh, let's 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 first run down the card. So Tim, you know you pretty much know the whole card, man. Let's go ahead and start with the the uh, kickoff show match. Well, before we get to the kickoff show, was there anything from the kickoff show besides that that first match that made any news as interesting at all, or was it just pretty much? It was basically just like recaps of what all the feuds was going on. Okay. So that's pretty much all we went through. And then when we get to the kickoff match, we had Apollo Crews versus Kalisto. Okay. And we got someone like Titus O'Neil, who's trying to be like the next, what, Abraham Abraham Washington? Yeah, Abraham Washington, uh, you could say Don King. Yeah. <laughs> slick. I mean, he, yeah, you could throw Slick in there, too. He's got what you call a Titus brand. So he's trying to get Apollo Crews along with the Titus brand. In the long run, it seems like the Titus brand is not what's working out. Because Apollo Crews keeps getting distracted by Titus O'Neil, causing losses in matches. Okay, so Kalisto came away with the victory in in this match. Yes. Um, What did you guys think about the kickoff match, or did you did you see the kickoff match? I didn't, but I didn't see it, and I thought like I I really thought (laughs) I really thought this was going to be Apollo Crews' heel turn. That's what I thought. Okay. And I was telling Tim, I was like, that's gonna be his uh his I was like, that's gonna be his heel turn. He was saying like he was like, Well, he lost because Tyson O'Neill distracted him. I was like, Well, that's just the same thing that happened on Raw two right. weeks ago. Right. Okay. I, I can I can see that. I, I thought he had a little bit of a heelish moment, uh Yeah, when he when he kicked was it Kalisto on the head after uh he kind of got in uh Titus O'Neill's face, so yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. What, what about you, Kyle? What did you, th- or Mr. Collision? What did you think about uh, <laughs> the kickoff match? Um, honestly, man, it wasn't my favorite. Um, I really was a fan of Apollo Cruz coming into NXT. I thought that I thought that uh, NXT, you know, Apollo Cruz was really coming up. I thought when they first first brought him in, it was about to be, you know, it was about to be. You know, he was about to take off when he got to the main roster. Um, he hasn't seemed to get over quite in the way I think we had all hoped or in the way the company hoped. But, you know, I mean, I could see them using this with Titus to, you know, 
just either a turn him as a heel for a little while, or right. you just eventually just have him get pissed off and be like, "Yo, I can do this on my own. I don't need you know anybody else's help." You know, and then it creates a heel to heel run for Titus, and you know, just blows up Cruz more. Only time we'll be able to tell where they go. Um, as far as the match. I just felt like it was a little bit of a throw-in match because it didn't really have a lot of build to it. Didn't right. didn't necessarily make a lot of sense. And the thing with Kalisto is, ever since they broke him up from the Lucha Dragons, man, it's like they they haven't really done much with him. They had the whole thing with him and uh, uh, Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman, but I mean, let's be honest. We all knew that was just a David and Goliath Goliath X. Uh, just another way for Braun Strowman to, to look somebody really strong, yeah. And like with me, basically, you kind of said it without saying it. This was like the um, we don't know how to use these guys match. So Apollo Cruz, I felt like he came up way too early. I felt like he should have stayed in NXT a little bit longer. Kalisto, they, they were trying to push him as a big, uh, big Latino star, but that never really got over. Um, Titus O'Neil, he's had like start. They gave him pushes, and they pulled him back and pushed and pulled and pushed and pulled. So we really don't know. Well, Titus kind of got derailed when McMahon suspended him. Yeah, that probably didn't help. That probably didn't help. Yeah, okay, you're right. It was 90? Yeah. It was 90. Yeah, because he was gone for a minute. You're right. But um, this, this match, it was basically, like you said, it was just a throwaway match. Yeah, it was on, it was on the kickoff show. Yeah, it was on the kickoff show, so you can't really – you know, be too mad about that. But um, before we, we jump into the main card, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. All right, we are back. And uh, unfortunately, we lost Tim, man. I don't know what happened, man. The hole just opened up in the ground and swallowed him up, man. Now, Feel bad for Tim. <laughs> no, he had to go, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely welcome Tim back on the show uh, at another time. But uh, let's go ahead and make our way through this uh, match card. The first match on the actual, well, I don't know if they call them pay-per-views anymore, but the, the network special, Extreme Rules, <laughs> was The Miz versus Dean Ambrose. This match went 20 minutes for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, the stipulation on this match was that Dean Ambrose could not be disqualified. If he's disqualified, he loses the title. Um, the Miz wins. This is his, what, seventh Intercontinental reign, making him number two all-time behind Mr. Uh, Christopher Jericho. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, uh, Kev, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on uh, the Miz winning this match and the stipulations for this match and this match in general? I enjoy I enjoy because I try to. I want to see what way could Miz get Dean after be disqualified. Right. Like I, I have seen that he's gonna have Maurice Savage. Right. I see. I knew the referee was gonna see through that too as well. Exactly. I also thought that Dripper was gonna come out and attack Miz. I didn't think about that. I did. I did just off listening to what Dripper says on Monday Night Raw. Way to, way to pay attention, sir. Yeah. And, uh, Over my head too, brother. Yeah. Right. And the fact of the matter that the match was actually it was a really good match. It was action packed, and Miz did everything he could, and and to get him disqualified, he still won by pinfall. Just just beautiful. <laughs> All right. So your thoughts, Kyle? I liked it, man. 
I, you know, so often nowadays, man, you get people that are either a hardcore baby face guy or a hardcore heel guy. Man. Right. And I feel like when someone doesn't like heels, they forget that the heel job, like we talked about last night, is to piss you off. Exactly. So if you're getting pissed off because he won cheat or because Maurice cheated, he's doing what the hell he's supposed to be doing. Exactly. So for me, I thought it was slick the way they tried to come up with all the different ways of, uh, you know, ways of for Ambrose to get disqualified, whether it be, you know, him straight up telling Maurice smack me. So that they knew that it was him who told her to smack him. Right. Or when he threw Ambrose into the ref. Right. Or, you know, I like when, you know, just trying to be a dastardly heel. So I liked it. Um, I don't mind Miz as the Intercontinental Champion either. I hope they continue to try to build that title and the U.S. titles back up so that they're not such just props secondary or throwaway titles. I mean, I, I'd like to see him get some clout, but I also, in my opinion, I think this time I would like to see the Miz go up somewhere towards the main event once that spot opens up, because when he was champ the first time, I didn't like it, but right. now I feel like he would be able to play the heel role. And we, we, we kind of talked about this yesterday. I agree with you, but I would agree more if it was still on SmackDown. I just think Monday Night Raw has too many high-profile guys right now that a Miz title run. I don't, I don't think it, it'll work. Even if Miz was to win the title, I don't think it would last long because you got a Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. You also got to take this into effect. You don't really have, except for NXT, you don't really have long title runs anymore, no matter what show it is. Also, you got to think about it. Raw is the sh- the the show show. The flag, yes, the and, flagship and, of the company. And, no, I'm talking about as far as like. That's all, where all the flash is at on Raw. Yeah. SmackDown, that's where all the, rest, the actual wrestlers are. And yeah. To a point. Yeah. There's, there's wrestlers on, on Raw, too, but there's... But, yeah, basically, SmackDown... I mean, I, I think SmackDown's a better show, personally. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Too. But you got to realize, like, Raw... Best Man still runs Raw. And Best Man likes big, shiny things. And the Miz, the Miz I, I think, right, is having the best run in his career, one of the best runs in the business right now. But I feel like it's Vince Man sees him where he is right now as at best the Intercontinental Champion. If if he was still on SmackDown, I could see him, and I honestly felt like he should have got a title, a, a WWE title run on SmackDown. But I just I just don't see him getting it on Raw, man. I mean, I mean, I, I, I agree with though, you. I mean, look at Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was never supposed to get a title shot either. Miz keeps pissing people off like the way he's pissing people off. But here's the thing, Daniel Bryan was a babyface though. So he, he, so, got, okay, he got so he got the crowd him. on his side. Even though. so they even so they cheered him though. But he's gonna have to have big bad guys, whether you put Seth Rollins as champ, you put Finn Balor as champ, Cena come or Cena on SmackDown now, but just for using the analogy, you know, whichever big babyface you're gonna put as a champion, which you know he likes babyface champions, so then eventually he's gonna need some you know, well, heel to fight that. And if Miz keeps getting everybody to boo him out the building, then essentially he's doing the same thing. Put it like this. Let's, let's, kind of veering off a little bit. We'll get back on track in a second. But look at SmackDown right now. Who's the champion on SmackDown right now? And they're booing the hell out of him. He's doing his job. But I feel like it would have been better if that was the Miz 
instead of Jinder Mahal. Yeah, but you know they're trying to get into India right now. Right, but that's for political reasons. That's for but business they, reasons. But wait, before I even say that, yes, they're trying to get into India, but in case you guys are blind, I have looked at it myself. That dude has been putting in work. So, I mean, and Vince has always been somebody I feel like that if you're really grinding and busting your ass, man, eventually some sort of notice will be taken to that. Because, I mean, especially now that Triple H is taking more, especially, here's case in point. Look at 2005 when Jinder Mahal was on. Jinder Mahal was a little bit soft around the edges. Right. You look at him now, this dude's got muscles in places he didn't even have places. So, true. you know, he's put in his work there. I'd like to think that his mic work has gotten a little bit better because he never really talked on the mic before. And I think the Singh brothers are a good heater for him because then he doesn't have to talk any more than he needs to. And then when they get involved, all you're doing is A, pissing people off because they get involved, or you do it to where you eventually turn them uh, babyface like they did in Ring of Honor but, with uh, Dalton Castle's voice. But let me throw this back at you. So basically everything you just described about gender is that his work has been great. He's been great on the microphone. He has a great heater. Sounds like The Miz to me. The only thing The Miz doesn't have is a you know chiseled body like uh, no, I mean, no, he doesn't. I, but I'm saying, I'm saying I don't see any reason why that can't happen. On Raw. I mean, if he keeps grinding... Now, I, mean, yeah, I just don't ever see him doing that on Raw, man. Yeah, I'm going to ring in the show now. <laughs> I mean... He's got a point. He's got a point. And, and I, I hope that's not the case, but it's possible. Like, only reason... Well, I feel like... With Roman Reigns on the show, as long as Vince is in charge, Roman's on, and Roman's on that sh- particular show, no one's going to get the push they really need. Oh, Roman Reigns, I think, is single-handedly destroyed... Seth Rollins' return. To a point. Well, we'll, we'll say we'll save that for the for the main event of this uh, card. We'll we'll save that. Let's uh let's go ahead and run through uh, the rest of this card. We'll <laughs> we'll save that. We'll save that. Uh, the next match was the <laughs> the Kendo stick on a pole match. Alexa Bliss. The, uh, the hell was that? <laughs> Damn, guy, you gonna break your own table? <laughs> uh, Alexa Bliss going against a champion, defending against Bailey. Kyle, let's start with you, man. What did you think about this match to build up for it and the <laughs> Kendo stick on a pole match? First of all, it wasn't hard to look at. I'm just gonna say, and you know, I'm just saying, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> but anyways, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, my thoughts on it. I just felt like. I'm not shocked that Alexa Bliss won, but damn it. You did all that to say, oh, I'm going to get extreme. She didn't even hit her with the stick. Wasn't that the whole point to making it a kendo stick on a pole? How is she going to grab the stick? Bailey didn't even hit her with the stick. So the only thing I can see is maybe, you know, this is just leading to where Bailey says, you know, I've been trying to be a nice, fun, go lucky, you know, happy, you know, do everything the right way person. And that's not getting me anywhere. Maybe not turn her heel, but give her that edge to where she finally does like they did in NXT where, you know, she did that, did that, did that, did that, and then she finally just got pissed off and stopped being a punk. Right. You know, I feel like that's what they need to do here because I feel like, like you had mentioned before we got on the show, uh, you had spoke about how you thought like they already did that when she won the title. problem with that is when they did it in NXT – she won the title, and then even if she did lose, she didn't ever go out looking like a punk. 
She won. She stayed up where she was, and she stayed towards the top tier. Even if she wasn't a champion all the time, she stayed towards the top tier. Top tier. And, and so, kind of, kind of let the people in. Kind of the point that I made was is that uh, Bailey and, and the reason why Bailey worked so well in NXT was because she started from the bottom and then worked her way to the top. Everybody just looked at her as oh the lovable little Bailey or oh, she's you know such a nice little girl. But eventually she started beating some names. If you remember before she won the title, she beat. Uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and then beat Sasha Banks for the belt. So there was a, a long, yeah, she beat her twice. Exactly. And but it was a long buildup as to that baby character and as the underdog. And then finally, she finally, you know, put the streak together and, and beat the big bad Sasha Banks. And when she came into the WWE, one of her first matches was in that triple threat match with uh, Charlotte and uh, Sasha Banks. And she won the title. I don't remember what pay-per-view that was. It wasn't even the main pay-per-view. It was Fastlane. It was Fastlane. When they could have continued to, you know, build her up as the underdog and have the big WrestleMania moment. I even thought about that itself. Okay. Fastlane was Charlotte's 16th run uh, undefeated strip pay-per-view. Yeah, the pay-per-view strip. I was like, okay, her dad's 16-time champion. She's 16, well, 16 uh, undefeated streak in the pay-per-view. They did that, saying like she mirroring her daddy at some point. Yeah, but sometimes you're overthinking things. If that's the, yeah, if that's the point. I think, I think that, that should have been a WrestleMania. Moment. I think it's overthinking it, but uh, that should have been a WrestleMania moment. It I think, I think, in my opinion, I think what happened is I, I think they forget sometimes that even though I don't understand why, because in my opinion, NXT is better than it is. It is. Uh, it still just shows you how many people only watch the main roster. They only watch what's on regular TV, so they're not watching NXT. Right. And I think when they brought Bailey up, they were hoping that everybody out. watched NXT, so they're going to just, you know, Bailey's going to pick up right where she left off. Clearly, that didn't happen. But yeah, now, we- I see that you have, I feel that you have the opportunity. Okay, you've got her against the big bad boy, Alexa Bliss. Let's, which, first of all, let me give my props there, too, because she she's turned herself into a little badass heel, <laughs> Like, you know, she... Five feet of fury, man. Exactly. So you've, again, got the same setup as you did when it was the Sasha Banks deal where you've got, you know, the bad guy who, if you really look at it, okay, so she ran rough shot on SmackDown, won the title there, comes to Raw, wins the title within, the what, the first week or the first month that she was on Raw? There you go. You got, you know, the big bad Alexa Bliss, okay? You teased it where she finally was getting sick of being picked on, and she didn't use the kendo stick or didn't get to, however it plays out. But now, I feel like if they do it the right way, you just do a gradual build, eventually have her just start to realize in the coming weeks if they decide to put her in another, you know, title match with Alexa, however that looks, you know. I, you know, I keep holding back, holding back, holding back, and then just finally let her break through and beat Alexa, right. and then you've accomplished the same goal. Then she's had the same, the same breakthrough like she did on NXT. But in order to do that, you gotta have her get beat up for a while, just like you did on NXT. True. Well, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and give your thoughts on uh, this match? Actually, I, I feel like it was really too short. It was really short. Five yeah. minutes and ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, the match was to me was short, and and I, I feel like it was really telegraphed. But the promo Billy said she said, "Oh, I went to Tommy Dreamer and Sandman." 
I'm like, same nigga losing his women on the matches. So, <laughs> this might, but, might not be the person you want to watch. Yeah, but, right. you know, it is what it is. And she, overall, the match is good. I like, I like, I like listening to this. So, I was really buying some of that match anyway. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a Bliss fan. I uh, saw her in NXT when they came to Detroit at one time, and I'm like, yeah, she she's definitely on the list now, man. She she's on the list. <laughs> but um, <laughs> let me uh, as the host of this well of of this episode, let me uh, let me go ahead and put myself in the penalty box. I made a mistake before uh, the Alexa Bliss and Bailey match. There was. Rich Swan and Sasha Banks versus Norm Dar and Alicia Fox. So once again, the, the women's division is included here, and you also have the cruiserweight division here. Um, let's let's go with you, uh, Kev. Your thoughts on this mixed tag match? Um, it was it was exciting. It was a exciting match. It was a uh, high pace. Um, it was fast pace. Uh, a lot of high spots. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the the dynamic of Rich Swan and Sasha Banks together is kind of cool. I like that. It, it's okay. different. I like it. Um, it was it was it was a nice spot. I, it was overall I enjoyed the match. Overall. Okay. Especially the last scene with the dance at the end. All right. What about you, Kyle? What did you think about? Um, this? I like I like the the teaming of Sasha and uh, and Rich Swan. Uh, the only the only thing I feel like with this match, I feel like the match was decent. There were a couple things that made no sense to me. Like when uh, Alicia just came stumbling over to the corner as Sasha's slowly climbing up the top rope. Right. And if I see you up on the top rope, I know you ain't up there just to wave to me. You're going <laughs> to jump off and try to hurt me. Right. So why the hell am I, even if I, even if I was hurt, I'm not going to just, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come over here and then you're going to just jump on me. Come on, bro. Like, we all know it's a work, but damn, don't be stupid. That's part of uh, uh, Alicia Fox's character. Just unpredictable and stupid for no reason. Yeah, Yeah, but I don't think that had anything (laughs) to do with that match. That just didn't make any sense. Uh, As far as the match itself, I just feel like, I don't know, man, the whole Noam Dar, Alicia Fox thing, I feel like it's kind of... It's ran its course, dude. You've tried to plug too many people into a storyline that was supposed to be, okay, well, I was dating you. Now I'm dating well, you. I stole I stole her from you, and now my boy came to come help me jump you, right. and now I got a girl to help me because your girl and you are jumping me. Right. It, just, it, dude, let it go. A lot of them injured when it was just filler that didn't work. And I mean, I think they tried to plug Sasha Banks into it, but then they figured Sasha Banks has got the name. Sasha, Sasha Banks, Banks can help it. That, that's the point I was going to make. That's exactly the point I was going to make. Sasha Banks is arguably one of the most over wrestlers on the roster. Oh, definitely. So you know, and she doesn't. She's not in the, the title picture right now. Is basically Bailey and Alexa Bliss when in the picture right now. So let's let's put Sasha over here with two oh five people. To build up give a little five live too. Give a little I mean, rub. Yeah. yeah, it was cool. I mean, I don't mind seeing Sasha on TV, but I mean, dude, it just but storyline purposes in that match. I mean, the match was okay, but the storyline made no point. But you know what my problem is, and Kyle, you might not understand this. Kev, you you might understand this a little bit more. I don't want to make it into a racial thing. But I'm just tired of watching black people dance on wrestling. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I am. I, I'm, I'm so sick of it, man. And it's like, now you got Sasha Banks doing it. It's like, uh, it was it was cool when it was the New Day and Sasha, I guess. 
I'm a big New Day fan, and I know it's hypocritical, but it's like I'm just it's, I'm just tired of watching Black Moon Dance. That's just, but I mean that's been Rich Swan's stick though ever since he came in. It's just, and I, I don't think anything that's that's always and, and been that, his stick though. So and I that's why when I when I saw him on the Independence and I found out that he was coming to NXT, I'm like. Oh, Vince is gonna love this guy. Vince is gonna put the belt on. on I get, I get I your, do it right away. I get your point because it's like a sideshow, but at the same time, I mean, when that was already his gimmick from Jump Street, I don't think that that's necessarily exploiting that because that was already his deal before. But, now, if you just had him like where it was just some random black guy, and he come in, you know, not random black guy, but whoever else you want to plug in there, okay, right. let it be, say Cedric Alexander. Now, if he starts doing that, okay, I get your point. But with Rich Swan, I don't see it just for the simple fact that Rich Swan, that was already his shtick. Right, that, that was his shtick. But like I'm saying, like when I saw him, when I knew he was coming to the WWE, I'm like, oh, Vince is gonna love him because he already he already does it. Just all right, all right, I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. I think you're you're slipping your own Kool Aid, dog. When him and Ricochet was tag team on the Superstar, they was coming to ring dance together. I'm sure Ricochet coming to the company dance together. Yeah. And, and uh, here's the thing. This man, man doesn't watch independent wrestling. So if he ever, and I don't know if you ever listened to uh, Cyrus the Virus on, uh, no, is it Cyrus? Who played the Jack in the WWE? Yeah, Cyrus. Yeah, Cyrus. He, he did He did a, a podcast. With, I want to say it was Jericho. Yeah, he was talking about Kurgan. He said, this yeah, man saw Kurgan. Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't on that one. It was on Jericho's podcast. Okay, he did. Right. But he was talking about Vince McMahon saw Kurgan dancing and catering. And as soon as Vince saw that, he was like, ah, oh, we're going to put that big bastard out there and dance. So he Vince loves watching people dance. Yeah, and then that means that just counteracted what you just said there. You said it's a black guy dancing. It means but it's just anyways. Anyway, dancing. Or here, okay, here's another way to put it. Okay, so like he Ricochet said. Ricochet should never dance in front of Vince McMahon. Okay, Let's put it but, like that. But look at it this way. In case you haven't noticed. I feel like 205 Live as a whole, they say they got free reign, but I almost feel like they because, do have a, 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 because it's not like because it's not the main show and it's whatever. I think they get a little bit more free reign to do that and since that was already Rich One Stick. He probably told him, you know, this is what I'm doing on the what I was doing on the Independence, right. blah blah blah. You know, so that's how that transitioned to that. Where Ricochet, I mean. You can go one of two ways with that. Uh, obviously, Lucha Underground is probably going to obtain the rights to Prince Puma. Right. But, I mean, then you've got the Ricochet. Uh, um, yeah, Ricochet is freed up because that's, that's him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, you, yeah, then you have the Ricochet thing, which is him and only him. Right. So, I mean, I don't think you'll see the same thing with Rich Swan. I think Rich Swan was just purely because that's. Okay, I'm sorry I brought it up. We'll move on. It's all we'll, good. we'll move on. It's all good, man. Yeah, We're throwing the room. But, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to be like Eric Bischoff. Controversy creates cash. All right, let's uh, move on to the next match, which was an interesting one. It was the steel cage match with Cesaro and Sheamus versus the Hardy Boys. Not the Broken Hardys, the Hardy Boys. So, uh, Kev, let's start with you. What were your thoughts on this match, sir? Um, overall, I like the match. Overall, I really like the match. Um, it was a lot of it was a lot of things like okay with the stipulation where both team got both members of the team got beat outside the ring right at the same time when I seen Jeff Hardy go out the cage I said you got the brother in the by itself 
If these two guys, <laughs> like, that's not gonna work. Right. Then when Joe got back in, I was like, so I like that part of this. Like, <laughs> well, let me, let me, let me. Before you finish, let me just point this out. One thing I didn't like about pretty much this entire pay per view is how they did a bad job of explaining the stipulations for these matches ahead mm-hmm. of time. Like, I didn't know. I thought if one of you, one of your uh, guys got out in, of the cage, the match was over. You know what? But I feel like I, and that's See, but even without that though, I I personally thought that it was supposed to be both of them because I thought that was always the general escape or pinfall or submission. But which in my opinion, I always thought other than the hell in a cell Pinfall in a steel cage is stupid to me because I thought the whole point of the steel cage is you're supposed to beat the hell out of each other until and then get your way out. And it, but I, I still I think that's stupid. Like I was always watching like some of the older like NWA stuff. Steel cage matches were so they can keep you in. Exactly. So, so why are you? Why is it? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why is there a door? And why is the, the goal to escape? <laughs> Climb up. And climb down, but I can see both. I can see both ways, though. I mean, I definitely can agree. And I okay, let me retract my previous statement. I wouldn't be mad at a pinfall if you're going to try to keep them in, but I also can see the other side of it where you're beating beating the tar out of each other so bad that you've got to struggle to find your way out. Right. Well, the fact so, of the matter is that Shamus Cesaro was beating the hell out of Matt Hardy, so Jeff had to come back into the ring. Like it's just. I was like, uh, and when when he did, I know he was gonna do a high spot on the top of the top of the cage. Of course, of course, of course. It's Jeff Hart. So, <laughs> but as soon as he hit Whisper and win, I said, "Yeah, so Sheamus and Cesaro are gonna win." So, <laughs> wait, so what do you guys think about Sheamus and Cesaro as two-time Raw Tag Team Champions? I'm okay with it. Uh, I mean, I don't think I think even though I would like him to, I mean, Cesaro wasn't getting over as a single guy, even though I think. I think he could. I think you. I think <coughs> were, SmackDown, SmackDown. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, I agree. I wouldn't mind him going to SmackDown, but there's a catch to why what I think they need to do with him on SmackDown. I think the best way to have Cesaro get over as a singles guy, whenever that mm-hmm. time comes again, is you need to try to do what they started to do and give him a heater, like how he did with Paul Heyman, because clearly they don't like his talking. Okay, so you give somebody to just. Okay, he first. Mm-hmm. But I, she didn't talk for him, though. That was just a ballet. I don't... I don't. In in theory, I agree with you, but I feel like the WWE has not basically done managers in so long that it's, like, weird now. Like, I love managers, from especially back in the day. Like, remember back in the day where you had, like, the Heenan family oh, yeah, and yeah. Slick had his people yeah, and Mr. Fuji, Mr. Fuji had his people? Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. But WWE doesn't work that way anymore. So it'll be kind of weird for Cesaro just to have a manager. Even yeah, I mean, I guess times have changed, but I mean, that's only, unfortunately, right now, that's the only way I really see them getting over because unless right. you guys have seen something I haven't, I don't, I've never really right. seen Cesaro really have, like, not that I'm saying he doesn't have skills on the mic, but I've never really seen him talk on the mic. Before. But you know, you know, when Cesaro has shown his skills on the microphone, when he's shooting from the hip. Yeah, like after the draft, after the draft that, that promo he cut was great. And I'm like, roll with it. And they did. They, I don't, like, 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 okay, now I talk to Smack, come on right after SmackDown. 
Yeah. Raw don't have that. They have after pay per view. Right. So you don't get to hear the things that people actually want to say. And I think that's I think that's definitely a smart thing that they did too with SmackDown because basically when you watch Monday Night Raw, it's going to be a three hour show, about forty five minutes of commercials, uh, two hours of talking, and maybe like fifteen minutes of actual wrestling. You know what I mean? So with SmackDown, it's basically the two hours they wrestle. Maybe a couple promos here, but for the most part, they save all the talk for smack talk. Or talk and I think that's the reason why those raw talks are smart the way they're actually doing the game. Like, hey, guys, we're doing a three-hour show. We're going to throw on another 25-minute show or whatever. And right. That ends up being a review. You're already sitting at three hours. Exactly. So to do it that way, I mean, I, I'm i not mad. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's uh, move on to the next match. Neville versus Austin Aries in a submission match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Kev. Well, that, that, they was really physical in that match. Yeah, very, very physical. Like, even to the point, I, like, I really, I really enjoyed the finish because I didn't see it coming. Exactly. I, I really enjoyed that. And I, like, if Kyle was here, he would tell you, no one ever kicked out of the red arrow. And he transitioned it into the ring. It was a beautiful transition. Yes, it was. Beautiful transition. I, I thought, I, I couldn't believe what I saw because I'm like, why is he hitting him with the, the red arrow basically on his back? And I'm like, oh. And, and, and you know what it was? It's just he had a thing where all the areas trying to move out the way and he landed on his back. Right. I, I was like, that was smart. I agree. I agree. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts on cruiserweight submission match. Um, I, li- I like it. Uh, I thought it was decent. I like Neville as a heel. Way better than I did as a good guy. I agree. I feel like I feel like he's definitely embraced the role. I like that they've given the feud between him and Aries a little bit of longevity. Um, I think that's probably the best thing the cruiserweights have had, quite frankly. Definitely. Um, I like their I've liked their matches, man. Between that one, you know, you throw this match in there, you throw the match from WrestleMania in there. Uh, they have a match at uh, not Backlash. What was the the Raw pay per view right after Mania? Payback. Payback. It, yeah, a- yeah, yeah, yeah. They did, and uh, you know, I like how they've thrown elements into it. Like you know, you use TJP and right. whatever else. Um, you know, I I liked the feud. I thought the match was decent. I liked how uh, I liked how it still saved Neville. How they had him tap out on the floor, right? So that it didn't count as a didn't count as a thing. But then Aries can come back and be like, "Well, I made you tap, but you you know whatever." So I think they're just building it up to you know an eventual eventual where. Well, let me ask you this, man. This is what three pay per views in a row they they wrestled each other. Is there going to be a fourth, or do they introduce somebody else new in there? Hey, man, I'm not mad at it if they do because I personally think that they've rushed storylines. I'm not mad at longer storylines. I'm not either. Which is the same reason why this doesn't pertain to this particular match. So many people are pissed off about Lesnar being the champ. Okay, granted, yes, he's not on TV every week, but. The analogy that I'm going to use is if you look at Flair back in the day, Flair wasn't on every episode. You had to, you know, yeah, but it at was least a big attract, but it was a big attraction. But at so least Flair was on like house shows and stuff like that. He he still, but but Brock, he, 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 he didn't he didn't necessarily wrestle, but he showed up. He was there. Was a big deal when Brock did show up. 
Exactly. It keeps it keeps the mystique of it. Because in the reality, okay, you talked about the SmackDown Championship with Jinder before we went on the show. Okay? So with the way they keep changing the title that much, you're losing some of the you're losing some of the, the prestige, of the, prestige title. of the title. I'm not even saying I'm not saying uh, keep switching the title like SmackDown, but I'm saying at least have a guy that's there. That's my thing. Yeah, that's but me. I don't know. I, in my personal opinion, I think that it, it it makes it to where when he finally does come, it's like, oh snap! You know, Lesnar's gonna wrestle. Lesnar's gonna fight. You know, it it's tr- they're trying to give it the big fight feel like it was when he fought in the UFC. So yeah, um, it doesn't it doesn't work for me. They should they, they should they should do with her. They should even announce it in the show. It's more of a surprise. And then even if you announce it like. I guess they trying to do it for ratings why they would announce it, but yeah, but that's not really. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of old school. I still believe in the thirty day rule, man. It's been more than thirty days. Why why does he get why did it's been a hundred days? Why does he get a <laughs> why does he get a waiver from the thirty day rule, man? And I I hate it. <laughs> I hated Dean Ambrose's first uh, U.S. Championship reign because he never defended that title. Hey, look, honestly. The whole time he had it, I think I remember one time he defended that was just Mark Henry. I remember that, but yeah, I don't know. I just, ugh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I wouldn't like to see him defend it more, but at the same time, though, I also, like I said, see it as you, you know, you're keeping it as a big thing. Plus, you got to remember. I mean, I've heard multiple people say it. Even with Lesnar not being there, he's still. If not the the most one of the most over guys they have in that whole company. Every time that dude comes on TV, it makes Sports Center news, it makes ESPN news, it makes Fox news. Okay, but let me let me just go ahead and, and tell you my beef with Brock Lesnar. I've seen Brock Lesnar have great matches. Brock Lesnar is, is one of the most freakish athletes I've ever seen in my life. I just think right now he's he doesn't really give a damn about wrestling. He's collecting the paycheck. He's gonna. He wants to have the same match over and over again. He wants to do you know, five intense German suplexes, hit you with the F five, get out of there. And here's the thing: I can't knock him because it works. But as a as a as a wrestling fan, I I want to see you put more effort into it. Remember the, the WrestleMania match? Was it not last year? Well, yeah, last year against Dean Ambrose. Right. Dean Ambrose said it like they had all these. He had all these great ideas, you know, stuff to do. And Brock didn't want to do any of. It. He just wanted to do his suplexes, you know, hit him with the F five and call it a day. At the end of the day, I, I feel like Brock has to bring his work along with the the, the pop that he gets as well. And I, and I feel like if he actually goes out there and works a good match, he'll be over even more. And I give him credit. That Goldberg match, even though it was short, it was a hell of a match. Because he he sold. They they did other stuff other than you know just the German suplexes. So that's my beef with Brock. But that's a good transition because Brock Lesnar's not here right now. They had to have a fatal five way to see who the number one contender for his championship will be at. <laughs> but yeah, the winner of this takes on Brock Lesnar at. I'm, I refuse to say the name of that pay per view. Yeah. Dick and Boss. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody say the name of this pay per view. I refuse to do it. I, I call it uh, uh, GBF. Somebody do Jerry Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, with the with the magic of editing, I can do that right now.
All right. <laughs> yeah, so the winner of the, the Fatal Five Way uh, takes on Brock Lesnar. We have Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and. <laughs> Where was that? Bray Wyatt, <laughs> Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe went over with the Kikina clutch on uh, Finn Balor. Uh, Kyle. Kev. <laughs> oh, Kyle, your thoughts? Uh, the match itself, I didn't think it was bad. Um, I just, honestly, I thought Finn Balor was going to win, considering that, you know, Heyman was the only, that was the only one Heyman had, uh, you know, interacted with. But I'm not mad at Samoa Joe winning, okay? But my only thing that I would have liked to have seen different is, okay, so if you're going to, you know, have them do that, I would have liked to seen, I'd like to see Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor and bring out the demon. So I would have thought that a good way to do that, if that's where they were going to go. Plus, I mean, Raw hasn't happened yet tonight as we record this, so I don't know what they're going to do. Um, but I would like to see them do something where you do Bray Wyatt versus Finn, but I felt like you could have had it happen where Finn was about to win, have him hit the coup de gras, and then have, you know, uh, Bray just do something dastardly, whether it be turn the lights off or whatever you want to do, so that he screws him. And I, think then, we, I think we had enough of uh, Bray Wyatt's light games maybe at so. WrestleMania. I mean, okay, maybe so. I'm not saying necessarily something no, on I, I that see what scale, but I mean in a sense of do something where Bray deliberately screwed him, which puts him into that. But we don't even know if that's the way they're going to go. That's what I would have liked to see, but I'm not mad at all with um, Joe winning. Uh, the only other thing I will say, and I've said this for a while, do something with Seth Rollins, damn it. Like, you built this whole thing up with him versus Triple H, and it's supposed to be the Kingslayer and all that, and now I kind of just feel like he's kind of slid back into this spot where it's like, okay, we know he's a top guy, but we ain't really doing nothing with him. If you're not going to do anything with him direct, put the shield back on him, please. I think that would be nice. Just not Okay. Fun. Kev, your thoughts? Overall, I think it was a good match. I feel like it was a little rushed because it could have been longer. I mean, the match was 29 minutes, man. Yeah, I mean, it was five people in the match. True. <laughs> so, and the weird thing is, the pay per view ended about 15 minutes earlier than it normally does, yeah. too. So, but, you know, maybe give uh, the Kendall Stick on the Pole match like 10 more minutes. But, uh, <laughs> but go ahead, man. Go ahead and finish your point. Yeah, like, so the match is, man, well, the match is good. It's like all the hot spots, like the spirit through the barricade. I enjoyed that one. The the, the frog splash from uh, coast to coast. I enjoyed that too. Yeah, and the whole thing with uh, Bray Wyatt and Samoa Joe teaming up against everybody before they turned on each other. That was pretty cool. I enjoyed that too. So yeah. to me, it was good good storytelling in this match, man. I, I that's one thing I think in wrestling is kind of missing is the storytelling of it. I I, I think I mean they told a good story throughout this match. That's you know? why I was saying I think that it would be great if they would make it even longer. Like I feel like story itself longer and longer. Right. Like like okay, Oscar and NXT she's been champ for how long, but now you've seen how many different dimensions of it. It started as she's this unknown that nobody knows that doesn't speak and they're picking on her and then she just comes out and whoops ass. Then it turned into okay she's the unbeatable killer that can't be beat. Now it's turned into she doesn't think anybody is on her level. On her level. And now she's you getting, know, getting there's arrogant, so many yeah. different layers to it. Right. I think that's why again 
as far as Lesnar being champions, if we're talking about that, you know, them going to be a number one contender, whoever you're going to have be the number one contender, which is Joe at this point, which I don't think is a bad pick. Okay, so you have Joe who has the MMA influence to him. His finishing moves are rear naked choke, essentially. Right. You know, you basically, I mean, dude, you can build that out for so long. You basically have Joe try to talk about, you know, I'm out here kicking ass and taking names, but you've got Brock who, you know, doesn't show up. And then you have Brock retort with something like, okay, bro, you're, you know, you're doing all this, but I've done it. I've done it not only here, but I've been, you know, UFC champ or whatever, whatever you want to do, right. you know, and you can drag that out, that out for a bit and for however long you want. That's another thing. I, I have to be for dancing with that. Because that's why I was like, all right, Samoa Joe is number one contender. They got five weeks before this pay-per-view. Right. So he needs to show up. These next four weeks, he needs to be showing up. Well, Brock. Yes. Brock, yeah, I Brock agree. needs to show up the next four weeks because that way you can build some kind of dynamic between them two. But you got to remember, we still haven't had time to see what they're going to do on Raw yet. So we don't know that. Yeah, we don't We don't know. Yeah, but it's based on what we know yeah, right now. Yeah, right now. Okay. Yeah, like if, if Brock shows up the next at least three three out of five weeks, they can build something. But okay, so but you also got to remember, Lesnar's got the ace in the hole. You don't necessarily need Lesnar there every yeah, week. Heyman, you just have Heyman come out there. Heyman can talk. And here's I I agree with you, but talk a drunk man into rehab. Okay, <laughs> look, <laughs> like even on the, on the go home show for the pay per view. Um. Goldberg and taking a uh, muscle buster. I mean, not Goldberg, I'm sorry, uh, Lesnar. They take a muscle buster. They ain't gonna do that. I, I know they're not, but he could. And and that's that. The, the fact that you just you just said that that is my problem with Brock. He doesn't want to. I don't. I don't see him wanting to have a real the muscle match. buster though. I don't think it's necessarily. Maybe not. Him. Maybe not even a muscle I don't buster. Think WWE is gonna let anybody do that, let alone Brock, especially with him being that big. I mean, right? If but he had that happen with somebody as small as Tyson Kidd. But you but just increase that by But here, here's here, but here's my point. It's back to the whole Dean Ambrose thing. Dean Ambrose was one of the most one. Of, he was coming up as one of the more popular guys at that time. But all Brock wanted to do was do his suplexes, F five, get out. Can is Brock Lesnar going to say, "All right, let's have a real match with me and Samoa Joe," or is it just going to be German suplex, German suplex, F five, let's go home? Because I I I want I. I Wanted to see this fight if it's actually going to be a match. If you think about it, though, I don't know that it's necessarily that Brock wanted to do this. Because if you look at it, Brock didn't want to do this. He wanted to get my bro out of Goldberg and whip his ass up. Because he knew he was getting the belt at the end of it? Maybe so. But then there's a great buildup for WrestleMania? Maybe so. But then what's to say they can't do the same thing? Also, you got to realize, you also got to realize, too, Goldberg, Dean Ambrose. Two different levels. Maybe so, but okay, we're talking about Samoa Joe right now. Let's say they can't do the same thing. Samoa it, it's Joe. Samoa Joe's not on the same level as Goldberg as far as yeah, popularity. No, no, name he's value. Not, no, he's not as far as name value, but I mean, if Brock perceives him to be something better than he is. But are we going to get that? That's my question. We don't know that. That's why we got why we got a two minute Okay, do, do, but do you, do you think Brock is going to say, hey, People want to see this match for a long time. I'm gonna go ahead and pull out some more moves. I'm I know gonna... that a lot of people have been pushing that they'd like to see that. Match. Oh yeah, people talking about at least, at least a 15 minute match, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, look at it this way: even if they only do do it, the great balls of fire. 
and they have the 15 million. I'm sorry. I just can't stand the name of that pay-per-view. <laughs> that is the dumbest shit Okay, so even, even, <laughs> even if they do do it to the pay-per-view, you know, you have them have a, a knockdown, drag-out fight, it only builds him up for Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, whoever is going to come next. So it serves two purposes. Either A, if you want to drag that out, or B, it just makes Brock look tougher than when he gets to Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. I, I just don't want to see... Samoa Joe becomes Samoa Job. That's why I agree. I agree. At the same time, it could be a false finish. It don't have to be. But if you do a false finish, wouldn't you then have to have a rematch? Yeah. But it puts the storyline. It puts the story though. Now, if that if that happens, I'm I'm okay. Well, and you've got time though too because you gotta understand even when they bring Strowman back, he's not back to go right for the title. They gotta put some substance as to why he's getting this title. I mean, even though he was close to it. He never won a number one contender match, so even when they bring him back, they can't just stick him in there. So I mean, you can stretch it out with Joe until he comes back. I mean, you can't you can put him right in there because get to realize his last match he beat Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. and of maybe. course we all know Roman Reigns is the guy. He's like the new Hogan. Roman maybe must so, pose. But maybe so, but I mean at the same time though, Roman isn't a number one contender. Really, that's true. That's true. But so until he beats the number one contender or beats the guy that's supposed to go for the title, where he can say, "Well, okay, he's supposed to go for the title, but I beat him." Yeah, you got to put. I'm saying if he come in, why this and there and attack Miz somehow. I mean, and they've done that with both him and Roman at this point, so you don't know. I mean, here in Detroit, they did that with Strowman. In Orlando, they did that with Roman Reigns. So you don't know. Well, let me ask you guys a, a, a quick question. Uh, how much do you think Braun Strowman getting hurt hurt this pay per view, if if at all? I think it did because then they had to come up with another way to figure that out. Yeah, because if if if, it, if Braun Strowman didn't get injured, he wouldn't win the match. Because I'm honestly, I think Braun Strowman over the past few months has been the best thing on Monday Night Raw. And I've been saying that since he debuted. Like, okay, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why, man. Just like randomly watching Roman Reigns walk through the locker room and then hearing, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> Just tackling the guy out of nowhere. <laughs> All right. One last question about this, this fatal five-way match. And I, I'm going to throw a scenario out there, see if you guys follow me. Would you say this was this fatal five way was a big match? No. Mm, no. Number one contendership for the Universal Championship. I mean, but it's yeah. a big match in that sense. I'm saying overall, first off, it's going into a bullcrap pay per view. It's still a pay per view. It's, it's still a pay per view, yeah, but it, it's but, setting. But I'm saying it's not SummerSlam or. But everything can't be based off the big four, though. I mean, right. If you okay, so we all talked about we've watched we all talked about it at the top of the show that we all watched it for twenty years. Right. I mean. Hell, when I was a kid, it didn't matter what pay per view it was. Everything. But, yeah, that's true. That's but true. I think an opportunity. Let's just put it like this: an opportunity for the, the uni- for the universal title. champion. That's, that's a big. That's it, a big it thing, don't right? Matter whether you're fighting Eric Ice Cream Truck, all right? It's but that, that's a big. Title. That's a big yeah. thing. A number one contender match, right? I'm saying, so. Okay, so big match, right? Lot on the line, right? There's a certain character. Well, there's a certain person in this match that taps into a certain dark place in big matches, right? Why didn't we get the demon at Extreme Rules? If this is a big match, this is him getting his title, uh, opportunity to get his title back that he never lost. Why didn't he have the demon come out for this match? Because they didn't have nothing to bring him. 
Pushed it, yeah. Because you gotta remember, he debuted the demon yeah. on a Monday Night yeah, Raw. I'm then, sorry, stupid demon. Right, him debuting the go home show. That was so stupid. What I'm saying, this is a pay per view with a title opportunity on the line. Why not? Why not do it? Well, and if if not do it, what are you saving it for? Are you saving well, it for Survivor Series? I feel like, like I mean, that's Survivor SummerSlam. I don't. The only thing is, though, I don't feel. I feel unlike what a lot of people are saying. I don't think he should be. Oh no, definitely not. But just in big matches. But now, one time since he's been back, have they mentioned the demon? So are they going to do away with that character? I don't think you can. I mean, no. you can't. You can't. But no. I'm saying like they're going to try to subdue it so where he only bring it out like once, twice a year. I don't know once, twice a year, but I think that the whole mystique. I think demon, it should be big matches. Perfect. That's yeah. That's the whole thing though. And I, I felt like this this was a big yeah, match. Yeah, but it wasn't. But you got to look at it this way though. It wasn't like a particular story. Because he had big matches in NXT that there wasn't. The, uh, hey, you're the smallest guy going up against Roman Reigns. No, and I, I understand that. But I'm saying that. Though, why not bring it up? But man? if you but if you look at the track record of that character and the matches in NXT, where he's still just been Balor. True. Now the times when he brought it out were all ones where it was directed towards him. Like, okay, you want to talk about Samoa Joe who won the match when they fought? It was because. Joe flipped on him when they were the ta- the tag yeah. team that won the Dusty Rhodes Classic, and he says, you've awoken the demon or whatever it might have been, and that's where it came from. So there's so, something that's directed towards but, him. But, but okay. Scott Rowland didn't have a real reason to bring it out, though. He's like, oh, where's this demon? Bring it out. He, what, was the re- what was the real reason for him bringing it out? Him? He said he wanted to see him? Pretty much. But so here, here's the question. But here's the question I asked, though. So... Doesn't that kind of mess up the demon character in a way? Because it's like basically, whenever Finn Balor brings out the demon, he's going to win. That's basically what I've gathered from that now. So I've only seen him lose to the demon once. So and that was to. Uh, he say it's telegram. Yeah. So anytime he brings a demon out, we just automatically assume that he's going to win that match now. I remember what you were saying earlier, though. <laughs> I think I'm underthinking it. I think you're overthinking it because it's. Cause like, think about it. When it, when has he lost as the demon? I can only think of one. Joe. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of. So it's like, well, if he only brings it out in big matches, why would I? And he doesn't come out as the demon in this match. I, maybe, I, I can't. Maybe he needs to. Okay, just something I just <laughs> want to throw out there real quick, real quick. But uh, yeah, this this part is, is running a little bit longer than I expected, but uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Well, any final thoughts on? Extreme rules and uh, going forward, we'll start with you, Kyle. Um, I mean, I thought it was decent for what it is, uh, but at the same time, I mean, I think they really need some time to, you know, build up the new possible feuds that are coming. So, you know what, man? I think we just got to give it time and sit back and watch and see what happens. And as far as the podcast itself, man, I think you guys are you guys are in for. A little bit of fun. Hopefully, take your mind off of work, your ride to work, whatever you, wherever you plan to listen to it. And I hope you stick with us. Yes, sir. And Kev. Overall, I think it's a decent pay per view. I give it a C plus. You know, um, as far as storylines and and 
the things that actually happen in the review. But um, yeah, like give a C plus, and uh, yeah, I hope uh, look forward to uh, this podcast further further episodes. Yeah, we got to get that other guy on here, man. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we. Uh, that's the thing about doing this, man. You got to work around people's schedules, man. Just this didn't work out this week. We'll definitely introduce Kyle C. Chaos. Well, yeah. Chaos. There you go. <laughs> Kyle Chaos and Kyle Collision. But it's still never mind. I'll leave them up. But uh, yeah, we'll introduce uh. We'll go by Collision. Okay. So we'll we'll introduce Chaos next time. Uh, once again, I, I appreciate you guys checking out this show. Like I said, this is. Kind of an all state no sizzle presents the new podcast of let me get it right. I got it written down here knockouts and three counts. So, thank you guys for uh joining. He knows how to read, (laughs) (laughs) he can read his own notes, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So, uh, thank you guys for, for joining me on this part. And uh, Kyle, we'll get together in a little bit and bring the MMA side of this. So, uh, all right. So Kyle, you're going to stick around. We're going to talk about a little bit of MMA in a little bit. Uh, Kev, thank you for joining me on the WWE side, man. So we'll be on the lookout for that Twitter and that Facebook, man. We got that coming soon. Yes, sir. Real quick, before we get out of here, Kev, throw your social media out there for the people. Uh, you can reach me on Facebook at Kevin, Kevin B. Russ, or you can join my, uh, my wrestling page at, um, Reality Era News. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, Instagram is um, trippy underscore steel underscore red. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And my Twitter is all day underscore the letter N tomorrow. The number two tomorrow. All righty. And uh, Mr. Collision, why don't you go ahead and throw your social medias out there real quick. At Detroit Knockout, at Detroit N-O-K-O-U-T. Uh as far as Instagram and Twitter, and uh, as far as Facebook, you can find me at Kyle Collison, and I'm in that group that he mentioned uh, beforehand. So uh, just stay on the lookout, man. Alrighty, and uh, we'll be going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with uh, the MMA side of things. Talk about the MMA side of things. I am joined by my man Kyle C. What up, though? So here's the thing, man. We're gonna have to figure out a nickname for you and and the other Kyle, since both of you are both Kyle C. Collision, that works. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody else goes by. Might uh, as well, shit. All right, Kyle Collision. <laughs> that works for me. So uh, Kyle here is he, he trains in MMA. He's a uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and he's had a. Uh, how many fights have you had, man? I had four boxing fights, and I got a I got one stripe on my purple belt as a jiu jitsu. Okay, so uh, hey, this guy's legit, man. He 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 trains, he he knows this stuff, and on uh, this part of the show, we're gonna talk about uh, UFC uh, two twelve, which happened this past weekend. Uh, me and Kyle got together at Buffalo Wild Wings in Dearborn. Shout out to Buffalo Wild Wings. What up, though? If you guys feel like you want to sponsor the show, go ahead and feel free. 
just throwing that out I'll there. I'll take all the free wings you want to give. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, me that protein. Yes, sir. <laughs> but uh, me and Kyle got together to watch the the fights last night, and uh, well, as we're recording this, it was last night. And um, overall, man, what, what did you think of the card overall? Before we start going into you know individual fights and breaking down the card, what did you think about the card overall, man? It was better than I expected. Honestly, I thought. I really thought it was going to be a dud. I thought it was going to be just the last couple fights were going to be good. Um, But I have to say, obviously, the Max Holloway fight was hype. Yes, sir. Uh, I like the Claudia fight because she definitely, she just totally dominated once it went to the ground. Exactly. Uh, There were a couple fights in the prelims that were good, plus that Vitor fight. They were beating the hell out of each other in that fight. So I like to see cards where they get in there and scrap. It's always a pain in the ass when they get in there and they just – Nobody's doing nothing. Now, granted, that's part of a fight. Sometimes that happens. Styles make fights. But, I mean, in my opinion, man, I like I like them when they go in there and try to fight and end the fight. Yeah, and uh, I kind of agree with you, man. Like, going into it, you know, I definitely wanted to see the fight because uh, I like Max Holloway. I like Jose Aldo. I like uh, Carolina and Claudia. But after that, it was kind of like, okay, you know, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll catch the fights. But uh, this card, I, I felt like it, it, it definitely – Especially for like casual fans, uh, we, we kind of talked about this yesterday. Like a lot of people, whenever they watch fights, they kind of go in just wanting to see people, you know, get knocked out. Well, I- if that's the type of fan you are, then th- this card definitely provided that. There was a lot of knockouts and submissions on this card. Um, you talking about the Vitor and uh, Nate Marquardt fight? It, it went the, the distance, but they they were they were slugging it the whole time, man. So uh, if you're a casual fan, I, I felt like this was a good card to watch too, but. Um, let's let's go through a couple of these fights, man. We we uh sat and I think when we f- we both got to Buffalo Wild Wings, we uh, started watching the uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Eric Spicely fight, and uh, we we kind of talked about it at Buffalo uh, yesterday. I forgot that I've actually seen Spicely fight before, and uh, uh, Carlos Jr. I've, I've I was looking forward to watching him fight because I know he's really good on the ground. Uh, what did you think about that fight, man? Um, I was surprised. I mean, because Spicely's got a ba- black belt, too, if, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way he got Carlos was able to, you know, handle the fight once they went down to the ground, um, to me, that just showed his superiority as far as the mat goes, as far as the jiu-jitsu game goes. Um you know, it w- it was a better fight than I expected because I mean I don't I don't really know much about Carl uh, Car- uh, Carlos Jr. Right. But you know I've seen like you said I've seen Spicely fight a couple times. It was better than I expected. And I, I expected Spicely. I mean not Spicely. Um, I expected Carlos Jr. to come away to win. I've I've seen him fight a couple times before. Um, really good on the ground as far as jujitsu. He. The guy's like a spider monkey, man. Like once he gets on you, man, it's just it's like that though, it's man. It's hard People to get, get on your back, man, and put that triangle in, put them scissors in, bro. It squeezes the life out of you. Yes, sir. And and uh, he is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt as well. So um, it, it pretty much went the way I expected it to. Spicy put up a good fight, but it's you know once you get that Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt on your back like that, it's 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 hard to. Um, it's hard to get him off, and he, he definitely uh, showed his ass in that fight, and I, I, I give him credit. Um, I'm trying to remember if I've seen him fight before, though. I, I feel like I've seen him fight live, 
at one of the events I went to, but I don't think so. But um, great submission victory for Antonio Carlos Jr. Now let's go to the next fight. Mr. Rafael Asansal versus Marlon Morales. This was uh, Marlon Morales' debut fight in the UFC. He uh, dominated World Series of Fighting or whatever they're calling that c- promotion right now. And uh, I think it's defunct. No, no, they're, they're, they're coming back. They changed the name of it. It's like the uh, Pro Fight League or something like that. It's, it's something weird. But uh, Marlon Morales is now signed with UFC. Um, he was a beast over there. He definitely was. He, he dominated that division. I just feel like you're seeing it more and more, man. Like these guys that are in World Series of Fighting or Legacy Fighting and all that, dude. UFC's just they're picking the crop, bro. Right. It ain't, you know. I mean, they're just picking the crop at this point. And UFC's uh, gonna have everybody kind of done up soon, and it's. I mean, all the top talent's gonna be there. Right. UFC's recognized as the top, you know, promotion anyway. So it just. That's just the nature of the beast. Same way it is with WWE at this point. Uh, I was about to say, man, it reminds me of WWE snatching up all the good independent talent from, like, New Japan and Ring of Honor. Can you blame them, though? That's, uh, you know, I mean, can you blame them, though? I mean, if I was running a company and I was Dana White, hell, I would want want all them. I want them all on mine. That makes people why I watch the other stuff if I got all the good people. Right. But uh, Rafael Asanso came away with the split decision in this one and beat Marlon Morales in his debut. And that's one thing I've, I've kind of noticed that a lot of guys, when they make their debut in the UFC from other companies, they, they tend to come up short in those fights. But, but I mean, split decision, you really can't – I mean, yeah, you're d- definitely disappointed for losing the fight, but you, I don't think you can really hang your head on that one. It's like, I mean, you know, the judge – And a loss is a loss. I don't care it how is. I lose. It is. Like – Straight up, dude, whether it's a jiu-jitsu tournament, whether it's a fight, dude, you put all that time in to get ready for a fight, I don't care how you lose. Right. And I think anybody that's fought or fights will tell you the same thing. You lose, I don't give a damn whether it's a decision, a knockout, a disqualification, no contest, anything other than a win, unless it's like a knockdown, drag out, you right. know, classic. And even that, those sometimes are even worse because you went and put all that work in it only to lose. So, but the o- only thing I'm saying is, is that a lot of times when people come over from, quote unquote, smaller promotion or lesser promotions, it's an automatic assumption that that guy isn't, I mean, necessarily worthy or he has to prove himself in that fight. And the fact that he didn't just get knocked out or he didn't get sus- submitted, he he fought hard. It was a good fight. And, if and anything, it went to split right. decision. I mean, on the same hand, you can look at it like this, too. I mean, that's a good confidence booster for him to come in and be like, okay, look, like, I came in, I scrapped, you know, and I can I can hang with these dudes on the UFC level. Because let's face it, the UFC is the big dog. Right. You know, you can be, you can be a monster in, you know, you can be a monster in World Series of Fighting. You can be a beast in King of the Cage, wherever you want to fight. Right. But, I mean, dude, if you... You know, it's not the same level as when you're fighting for a UFC, plain and simple. And and that's, that's kind of one of the things that I, it's kind of worried me about. A lot of people that come over from other promotions and then uh, go up to the UFC, basically it's like you're definitely taking a step up in competition. Oh, for sure. And because basically the UFC is the, the king of MMA. So when you take that step up, stuff that you got away with in – you know, wherever you came from, whether it's a Bellator or a World Series of Fighting, what got you wins there 
it's going to take that much more to get you wins in the UFC because now you're going up against the best of the best. So maybe, I, I guess a split, in, in my mind, yeah, definitely he lost the fight. He's probably disappointed right now. But at the end of the day, I mean. It can be a confidence boost for you. Yeah. I that's, that's all I'm saying. Like, I don't feel like Marlon Morales showed up and then proved that he didn't belong in there. He, he's, he proved that he definitely still belongs if in If anything, UFC. if he takes it the right way, it should light a fire and bring him back even more pissed off and ready to go for the next fight. So. Right. And I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, his next fight. But uh, let's talk about what I thought was one of the, the best fights on the card, but ended in a little bit of controversy. We kind of talked about it uh, when we watched it yesterday. Uh, Mr. Yancey Maderos versus Eric Silva. Um, Eric Silva's a guy I've seen fight live a few times. I've seen Yancey fight live. Both very talented uh, welterweights. Yancey Madero's got the TKO victory with punches over Eric Silva. I kind of felt like it, it was stopped. Just I mean, definitely Yancey Madero's had him in trouble. I, I'm not denying that. But I felt the referee jumped in just a tad bit too soon. I still felt like Eric Silva was defending himself. He was trying to uh, get control of uh, Yancey Madero's head so he can uh, pull him into his guard. He, he missed it, but it, he was still, in my opinion, he was still intelligently defending himself. And uh, I mean, he was taking shots. I'm not going to say he wasn't, but I, I still felt like he was in the fight and he was still defending himself. Yancey Madero's, I still think, would have won the fight, but it's just, I felt it ended too soon. Okay. So, what's your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I can see that. I mean, I could have seen it going for a couple seconds longer, but you got to remember when Silva got dropped, his head rocked back. It wasn't oh yeah. like he just stumbled. Dude was rocked. Right. And not only was he rocked, he was getting wailed on once they hit the ground. So, yeah, I could see where you could say that it stopped maybe a few seconds too soon. Right. But, I mean, let's not let's not diminish the fact that Yancey had Eric Silva on his way out if, right. you know, even if it hadn't been stopped and right there. And I, I, mean, I don't, he was I don't on his way out either way it went. And I don't want it to seem like I'm taking away from Yancey Madero's. It, it's not. But I, I totally get your point because yeah. sometimes fights get stopped too soon. Uh, that fight maybe a few seconds too soon, but I mean at the same time, it wasn't like he wasn't on the way to doing that. Like he yeah. had him. I mean, he had he had him in control. He was on he was Queer still Street, bro. <laughs> Straight up, he was on Queer Street when he got dropped. It is what it is. I mean, right. and at the end of the day. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you can be mad that a ref stopped at a fight too, too soon, but at the end of the day, man, you got caught. It's yeah, part of the sport. I, yeah. mean, I mean, I definitely can understand wanting it to go quicker, especially, or not to go a little bit longer. Uh, but at the same time, man, you know, that's that's part of the game. True, true. And it, I mean, if he didn't want to lose the fight, he exactly. should have got caught. <laughs> I mean, he should have, yeah. But I still, like I said, I still feel like he was. And still intelligently defending himself. That's that's the the, the buzzword they throw out there. Intelligently defending himself. He was trying to get head control. Uh, I mean, he was. I, I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't he out for sure. But he was on his. Way. He, he definitely was, got. He was trying. He was trying to defend himself. I mean, he tried to grab the underhook. Granted, but I feel like you know, yeah, he had the underhook. Maybe if he'd have grabbed his head and been able to control him. And he, yeah, was, he sure. was trying to. He he tried to grab his head, but uh, um. Madero's kind of moved out of the way, but it's like the fact that he was still attempt he he was still attempting good defenses that make me say, hey, he's he's still thinking, he's still out, he's still there. Yeah. So, I mean, but neither here nor there. Yancey Madero's comes away with the victory. I I thought it was a good fight. 
kind of even if it wasn't for the that knockout, I, I kind of wish this fight went a little bit longer because I felt like it, this could have been a, a good knockout, knockdown, dragout fight. And uh, Eric Silva's known for having those type of fights. Um, let's jump to the next fight, and I'm not really looking forward to this because I don't think I can pronounce any of these names. Um, <coughs> let, me, let, me, let me take a deep breath and try this. Hold on. <coughs> Paulo Barra... Sheha went up against Olawale Bangbos. Bambos? Bagbos? Your guess is as good as mine. I didn't <laughs> even try it. So. You want to just move on to the next one, man? <laughs> that works for me. All right, we'll move on to the next one. All right. <laughs> Mr. Vitor Belfort versus Nate Marquardt. Here we go. All right. This fight went distance. Vitor Belfort came away with unanimous decision uh basically across the board it was 29 28 in this fight your thoughts i had a hard time with it at first i thought nate put in good work um but at the end of it man i feel like vitor kind of just came on towards the end mm -hmm. and i mean vitor vitor i feel like sometimes he's got that ace in the hole in his back pocket with the fact that everybody knows he's a you know a legend he's a future hall of famer yeah, i mean don't get it twisted i mean nate markbart has definitely built a name too right uh but i mean i definitely think in the last round you know i feel like nate nate was still landing good shots but vitor you know showed mo showed more i don't want to say killer instinct but he was doing more to try to finish the fight right which you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's something that the judges look for. Who's being more active? Who's pushing the pace of the fight more? I, I, I definitely agree. Um, Vitor comes away with the victory, which kind of surprised me because Vitor has been on a little bit of a losing streak. I, I have my thoughts on why that is. <laughs> um felt like if this was TRT Vitor, you might would have ended this fight a whole lot sooner. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth, man. I mean, TRT Vitor was a beast, man. <laughs> TRT Vitor almost beat John Jones. People forget about that fight, man. But um, I'm Vitor wins the fight, and you know, basically, the talk is is that this might be his last fight. If it is, that's a damn good way to go out because it was a good fight. It is. But do you think he's actually going to call it quits? It's hard to tell, though, because at the same I mean, on one hand, yeah, it's a great way to go out. But then do you got the other side of it where he goes, well, I just won again. Do I want to go fight again? So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's hard for me to speculate on that. That one, that's all in Vitor. And, you know, I know Vitor has stated publicly, uh, you know, that his faith is a big thing for him so i mean right. he's probably going to take it back to the drawing board see what his family says you know see where god leads him with it but if that is where he's going to go out there's a good way to go out could you see vitor moving over to bellator and going up against maybe a chael sonnen or well, hell, with the money they're throwing him hell i'd do it <laughs> i mean dude they're throwing these dudes big money oh yeah i mean not that i don't think that vitor is getting paid with his name in the ufc but i right. mean with the money they're throwing out, I mean, hell, I mean, I wouldn't shock. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, look at Tito. Tito was retired, or not retired, but you know, Tito was kind of on the downslope. Right. He was, he he was retired. He, he called it quits. 
Exactly. And then he come back. You know, Rampage has bounced back and forth and retired and came back a few times since he's been in, in Bellator. Right. Clearly, they're doing something to bring these dudes in. I mean, I mean, they got uh, Chael Sonnen, Rory McDonald, uh, Ryan Bader, Ben Henderson. They're, they're snatching up a lot of, of big-name talent from the UFC, man, and uh, especially some of the older talent, but they're picking up some of the younger talent, too, man. I think for the right price, they might be able to get Vitor as well, man, and put him against a Chael Sonnen or and Rory McDonald. If they can't get him, I'm sure they'll try. Oh, yeah, I can definitely see that. But uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the co-main event. Miss Claudia Gedalia versus Karolina Kovacavich. This was battle of basically the top two women in that division. Um, both of them fought Miss Joannas and Jacek and came up short. So th the question was, was this kind of a number one contenders match or was it kind of I like... I would say so. <laughs> I think Rose gets the next match. Exactly, but... That's already been basically predetermined. They pretty much implied that after she won the last fight. Right. So you get Rose to fight. Claudia gets the next fight. At least that's the way I see it come out because Claudia looked great in that fight too. Because yeah, that Carolina is not hitting nothing to snuff your nose at, man. Exactly. And for her to go in there and handle it and finish it like she did, that's a convincing win. That's what they want. And, and, and Carolina does have a win over Rose Nova Nunez, so that lets you there know that she, she definitely I mean, is. That just, that just strengthens Claudia's case. Exactly. So, you know, you give Rose the next the next shot, and then I feel like after that, you know what I mean, you can give it however much longer, you know, Joanna wants to be out, and then she fights uh, Claudia if she beats Rose. Right. And can I just throw it out there, man, that – wouldn't it be nice to see Joanna Zinjacek versus Rose Namanunez in, I don't know, early December? Wouldn't that be a nice fight to see? Maybe, I don't know, what, Poland's a cold city? And uh, I don't know, we're, we're recording this in the Detroit area. We have a nice Polish contingency here in Detroit. Wouldn't it be nice to see Rose versus uh, Joanna Zinjacek here at in Detroit? And would it be nice if they had, like, a brand-new arena for them to fight in, too? And, you know, I don't I know. Heard that coming, and I can think of a couple other dudes that I'd like to see on that card, too. We'll, we'll, we'll jump into that once we go through this card. We'll <laughs> definitely go through that, but I'm just throwing that out there, man, but uh, Claudia, she definitely looked good in this fight. Uh, she, To me, she won this fight the way that she needed to. Like, Carolina is a very good uh, striker. Uh, Claudia is a very you know, apt at striking, but she's better on the ground, and she got the fight where she needed to be. Got it on the ground and finished her off with a nice uh, rear naked. I mean, Perfect game plan, in my opinion. I That's what we call the blueprint, bro. Yes, sir. You take them down, beat them up, take their back, and choke them. That's what my trainer, Big Don Richard, that's his That's his saying. You hit him with the blueprint. Take as little damage as possible. Shout out so to Big Don, Dan Richard. That's what up, though. Big Don, Biggie Don. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's, let's go ahead and uh, let's jump into this main event, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the local MMA scene, and uh, we'll, we'll jump more into that possible Detroit card. But uh, the main event, we had Hawaii's own Max Holloway, the interim featherweight champion, versus Jose Aldo, the uh, grizzled vet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess you would call him the reigning champion. He, you know, it, this was kind of weird because he had the interim champion. It was a unification well, I mean fight. He won, he, won the, he won the belt. I mean, Connor dropped the belt. He won the fight that was for the belt. 
I mean, I guess uh, was it Frankie? Yep, it was Frankie. Frankie Edgar, and uh, Halloway did his thing against Anthony Pettis. And exactly. So I mean, I don't have a problem with them calling him the champ. I mean, Frankie outside of uh, let's face it. I mean, outside of Frankie, I mean, there's Frankie and Max Holloway. There's not really another name that's really up there. Pettis isn't in the top three. So right. I mean, you could throw Mendez in there, but you know, he's, he, he's yeah, he's tops for you, you know can't throw for drugs. Because yeah. he's out for two years, he ain't fought nobody. What's to say that? Don't get me wrong, I like Chad Mendez too. Yeah, big Chad Mendez fan. But at the same time, what's to say he? You know, he's, not he's that done I don't for two years. Yeah, I mean, and not to say that I don't that I don't think he's training, but it's like they say, out of sight, out of mind. So right now, you can't even throw him in the situation because he hasn't fought. Right. Great uh, NFL coach Herm Edwards always says your greatest ability is availability, and he ain't available right now. So, um, but back back to this fight with Max Holloway versus Aldo. What what did you think of this fight? Thought it was a good scrap, man. I think it started off. You know, you had Jose come out with the flurry and hurt Max, and then you know you saw you know a lot of people question going into this fight if. Jose was on his way out with the way he got knocked out with uh, Connor. Uh, I personally didn't think he was on his way out. I mean, everybody gets caught. Easy to do. Uh, but I think that Holloway definitely cemented himself in this fight and showed, like, look, you know, I've been telling you guys I've been here for a minute. Now they have no choice. Right. A, he's got the belt. B, he beat the kingpin that had the belt for how long before Connor? Years. So, I mean, let's face the facts. I mean, right now, since Connor's off wanting to fight Mayweather, and he, <laughs> you know, and he's not at 145 anymore, Max is the kingpin over there. But, but let's ask the, let's ask the question, man. Connor McGregor, yeah, he's off wanting to fight Mayweather, and he's the 155 champion right now. But do we still consider Connor McGregor to be the champion of that division, even though he never lost the belt? Because no, he chose to drop that belt. He chose to drop that belt, and everybody knows he had a hard time cutting that weight to make 45 in the first place because Connor's a big 145. So, right. at the end of the day, man, he dropped the belt. You ain't champ no more. Okay. Well. And under the circumstances that it was dropped, I mean, granted, yeah, he never lost the belt, but I don't hear him walking around still saying that he's the featherweight champ and all that stuff anymore. I mean, right. clearly his focus is on other things, and, you know, I mean, if he wants to come back and fight for it again, sure, he should get the first title shot, but right now, how weighs the kingpin at 145? Well, let me play devil's advocate a little bit. Um, let's take a look at the situation at light heavyweight. We have Daniel Cormier, who defeated Rumble Johnson to win the belt after John Jones wasn't able to fulfill his duties. Uh, he defended that belt against uh, Gustafson. He defended against Rumble Johnson again. He uh, was set to face uh, John Jones, but John wasn't able to fulfill his duties again. Then he defeated, uh, uh, Cormier defeated uh, Anderson Silva, arguably the, the greatest fighter of all time in MMA. No matter how that fight went, he still got the win. Uh, but people still say that John Jones is still really the champion. It's just that Cormier's holding that belt. You okay, and now they're going to fight, and we're going to see what's up. Right. And they're going to fight, and they're going to prove who's really the number one exactly. guy. Exactly. So, in your mind, does uh, Max Holloway have to have a fight with Conor McGregor to really solidify himself as a legitimate featherweight champion? Mm, I don't think it's the same situation. 
and I'll tell you why. They're not in the same situation because it's not like John Jones never lost the belt at 205, but he was adamant the whole time he was gone that he was going to come back to 205. Connor dropped the belt at 145. And moved you know, up. and moved on to something else. Sure. There's a big difference. You know, John Jones, you know, was having his personal issues. He's a human. You know, things happen. But now they've come back. They're going to scrap, and we're going to see what's up. Right. Now, at 145, if they want to do that, that's cool with me, too. I wouldn't be mad at a Max Holloway-Conor uh, McGregor fight. I Hell, I'd like to see it. Me, too. But, I mean, at the same time, I've always been a firm believer, and you can't blame – you can't blame somebody else for somebody else's mis- misfortunes in the John Jones case. And, you know, Connor, you know, Connor decided to drop the belt. Max stepped up and took his opportunity. It ain't his fault that McGregor wanted to go do something else. So, I mean, granted, yes, Connor has the claim to, you know, I never lost the belt. But right now, I think it's, uh, I don't think it's any secret that Connor's focus is on Mayweather right now. So until he comes out and says, look, I want to fight at 145, I mean, really, it's irrelevant right now. Okay. So what do you say to those people that still say that Conor McGregor is the real champion? What do you you say to those people? There's validity to it, but if I'm Max Holloway, I got the belt. So (laughs) shut the hell up. (laughs) I got the belt. I won the interim belt. Now I beat the recognized champ. Right. It ain't my fault it wasn't Connor. Right. So until you put Connor in front of me, I fight who you put in front of me. So haters can say what they want, but I'm sure he made a nice little payday for being champ. Huh? So right. you say what you want. Well, let's let's take a look at the two fighters. Uh, first, let's take a look at uh, Jose Aldo. Jose um, basically hasn't fought in a year. This is his first fight in a year. He loses his championship. Where does Jose go from here? Now I think some of those questions of is he starting to lose some of that luster hold some weight because the way he got knocked out against Connor, I mean that's you get caught that can happen to anybody. You get hit in the right spot, you go to sleep and get back up, and you know right. it happens. But this time it was a good scrap, but he got finished again. Right. You know, I mean, look at Chuck Liddell on the way out. You know, I mean, Chuck Liddell, you know, lost had, shot some, at had some good scraps, but at the end of the day, you were getting finished. I right. hated it. I was at that Rashad Evans fight. Really? So, yeah, I was very pissed because even though Rashad Evans is a Michigan State guy. Yes, sir. And shout out to Rashad for that. I was a Chuck Liddell fan, damn it. <laughs> and I went all the way to Atlanta for my 16th birthday to watch him knock his ass out. And wow. it and he hurt him. And then it didn't happen. So, yes, I was salty. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I mean, now you had a good fight with Jose and Max. And you can't use the you just got caught. Because yeah, three-round fight. You didn't just get caught because, dude, he had you mounted and was pounding on you for a good minute. Right. So, I mean, you can't use the I'm caught. You know, you can't use the I'm caught, you know, I don't want to say excuse, you can't use that as the the reason for it now. Right. So, well, it all just depends on how he takes it. It's either going to be like, okay, I need to change something up, or, you know, I mean, he's been around for a long time, bro, because, I mean, he was around in WEC for a minute, and then he was champ in the UFC for a long time. Right. So That's kind of the question I'm asking. And eventually, man, 
I mean, it's got to come, and I wouldn't say that those questions are unwarranted at this point. And you got to realize, too, man, this guy, he – it's not like he fights two, three times a year, man. He He's known for, you know – yeah, so looking I mean to fight and having to pull yeah, and out. You can't use the you can't use the year layoff as a reason for that because I mean that's been his mo for a while. Even exactly. when he was the champ, that was his mo. Now I'm a Jose Aldo fan, but I also like Max Holloway. So again, at the end of the day, man, like uh, I hate the one great thing about fighting as opposed to football and baseball and basketball and all that. Uh-huh. You say what you want. It's just you in the cage. So at the end of the day, man, you know, I mean, there are outside factors that can be, you know, attributed. But, I mean, you signed me to fight this guy. I fought this guy. I beat this guy. Right. So, again, the same way for all those people that are trying to say, well, Max isn't the real champion. I fought and beat who you put in front of me that you said was the champion, and it was for the belt. I'm the champion, point blank, period. And he already came out and said in the press conference that he wanted to fight Connor. So I think at this point, as far as I'm concerned, he's the champ. Now, Connor's got a claim to saying I never lost the belt. Right. But as far as Jose goes, I mean, there ain't no excuses. You got beat. You got finished. You know where he goes from here. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked that he's on. If he is on his way out, I mean, he's starting to get up there. But, I mean, I would say that the guy's got a Hall of Fame career whether he's on his way out or not. Oh, yeah, 100%. First ballot Hall of Famer in my mind. Exactly. So, I mean – at the end of the day, he's got to go back to the drawing board, you know, see where he wants to go with it. Can you see him being, even though it's this term has like a, a negative connotation behind it, but can you see him being a gatekeeper for that division? No. No, not a guy that's been at that level. I just don't see him as being a guy that, you know, sticks around just to, Sticks you know. around if, I, if he keeps losing. Okay. I mean, you know, at a certain point, I mean, now – Again, I've competed. I've competed before. I mean, the work that goes into getting ready for them fights, man. You're killing yourself right. to make that weight. You know, get yourself in shape, battling through injuries, battling through all that stuff, man. So, to keep do that, to do that, and keep doing that, if you're losing, I mean, yeah, you do it for the love of the game. But at a certain point, man, it starts getting you know, tough. you're like, okay, I keep doing this, and it's not coming out well. At a certain point, man, you got to make that decision. So, and at the end of the day, you make that decision except for Jose Aldo. So only time is going to tell what's going to happen. I think Max Holloway deserves the undisputed claim right now right. because Connor is out of sight. But uh, if they want to do that fight later on, cool. As far as Jose goes, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And if he wants to fight again, I'd watch it. Okay. But if he decides he wants to retire, I understand that too. I mean, if he was smart with his money, man, dude's got to be stacked up at this point. <laughs> exactly. Let's uh let's, let's go ahead and take a look at Mr. Max Holloway. He's he he's now the undisputed featherweight champion of the world. What do you think is next for him? Who's who you think is that next guy for him to fight? See, that's a hard thing to say though because at 145, I mean, because I've got a guy in mind, but the question is, okay, who do you think then? Frankie Edgar. Frankie should get the next shot. I agree. I think Frankie should get the next shot. I'd like to see that fight. But here's here's kind of the question, and uh, kind of going into this, I, I kind of had a feeling that Frankie was definitely going to be rooting for um, Max Holloway because had Jose won that fight, I don't think they would have done Jose uh, Edgar three, seeing as how Jose's beaten him twice. But 
I could see that, but I think Frankie strikes me as the guy that he wants the best competition. So if that was going to be Jose. Oh, no, no, no. I, I definitely think he would want, if Josie had one, I think he would definitely want to fight Josie again. But it's a question of would the UFC want to make that fight for a third time? Well, I mean, the first two were scraps, though. I mean, it wasn't like Jose just blew him out, though. So, I mean, even though, yeah, he lost twice, I mean, we've seen multiple trilogies, man. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I but I feel like the, the trilogy works better when, when, when there's, when there's one a one-on-one. One one. I agree. Like I agree. Kinda and goes I back definitely to the think I can see your point, and I can see him wanting, you know, wanting Max. But I think at the end of the day, man, I think if I were Frankie, man, I want a title shot. I don't give a damn who got the title. Oh, yeah. He, he, I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't want the title no, fight. I, it's I just totally get what you're saying. Yeah. So like it kind of goes back to the I whole Claudia Gadelia versus uh, Joanna yeah. thing. Uh, Joanna's beating her twice. So like, is there really enough juice there for that third fight? Seeing as how Joanna has beaten Claudia twice. Same thing with Edgar versus uh, uh, Jose. But with Jose out of the way, that opens the door wide open for uh, Frankie Edgar versus Max Holloway. So is, is that a fight that you definitely want to see? Hell yeah, I do, man. I think I think you got the clash of the styles, man. You got Frankie Edgar, you know who, who's a legend at this point. I mean, he was one fifty five pound champ. He's coming. He's done well at one forty five. Maybe he had a rough start, but he came in at one forty five and was doing his thing. Right. And let's face it, Max Holloway's a new young dog, bro. And he's coming in there and he's scrapping. And you gotta you gotta realize too, Frankie just fought uh, Yair Rodriguez. Um, and smacked him. Yeah, I, I was, he was, I was at that fight, man. It was, it was pretty bad. And he was supposed to be the next, the next big thing. Now, I'm not saying Yair went out like a hoe, but, bro, Frankie didn't have anything him. for him, yeah. So, I'm, I'm looking at the, the UFC rankings right now for Featherweight. Um, they haven't been updated yet as far as I mean, while we're talking, but we got Jose as a champion. Max Holloway's number one, but now Max Holloway's the champion. So, after that, it goes Frankie Edgar, who... Like you said, just finished Yair Rodriguez, the number seven uh, featherweight. Ricardo Lamas is uh, next. You have Cub Swanson. You have Chan Sung Jung. Uh, let's say, let's just take Ricardo Lamas, Cub Swanson, and Chan Sung Jung. Do you see any of them fighting Max Holloway before? No. Frankie Edgar. No. So I mean, unanimous. Chan Sung Jung, you really can't do that because he's just come back from his military hiatus. Yeah, but he came ba back in his first fight back, and he was pretty impressive, man. Cub Swanson's on a, on a run right now. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't really know what Ricardo Lamas has been up to, but, I mean, he's as far Lamas as, like. Lamas has had big fights, but Lamas isn't there for it. Cub's had a couple wins, but Cub also had a big loss, too. So he's got to kind of build himself back up. Right. Now, Frankie, Frankie just had a dominant win over the guy who was supposed to be the next big thing. And Frankie, you know, Frankie is perennially around that that top picture. I think the Korean Zombies definitely got to give at least another win, whether that's over, you know, Cub or, hell, even if you fought Frankie. Right. But, I mean, Cub's got to get another big win, in my opinion. And Chan Sung Jung, I love watching him fight because he goes in and scraps, but he's not in line for a title shot yet for right. me. And plus, let me just throw this out there. Frankie Eggers, really his last two losses were to Jose Aldo. And other than that, I mean, he lost to Ben Henderson, who great UFC champion. He lost him twice. And then I'm okay, not even sure. and at most, even if you say that he's not the number one contender yet, okay, have him fight whoever's the next one below him. But that's the thing. I really don't. I mean, you look at his last two fights. He beat 
Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens, who are top ten guys. And Jeremy Stevens is a beast. So I mean, at the end of the day, I have no problem with them giving him the next title shot. You know, I'm I'm looking at his record. So let me go through his last last few wins. Yair Rodriguez, Jeremy Stevens, Chad Mendez, Uriah Faber, <laughs> Cub Swanson, B.J. Penn, and Charles Oliveira. That's a that's a murderer's role, man. He you just he made the same argument yeah. that I'm saying, so he I don't even got to say anything. You just said everything I needed to say. All right, well, there you go. He just made that fight. Dana White, just go ahead and book it and uh, give us some of the booking fee, man. What <laughs> up, booking that fight for you. I can use a little bit of extra cash. <laughs> but uh, before we get out of here, man, let's let's talk about the local MMA scene for a second, man. Um, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the people, you know, the, the gym that you uh, you train at and uh, some of the people that are some of the people that you're affiliated with, um, man, some of the killers here in the Detroit, uh, Michigan MMA area. I train at a couple different spots. Uh, I train at Mass Gym. I train at Fuse MMA. Um, you know, we got a we got a few guys that are coming out right now. Josh Bruckner, man, he's getting ready to come back and fight again soon. The kid is a freaking stud. We got Marco Smallman just had a big win at King of the Cage mm-hmm. uh, against John White. He called out Daquan Townsend. That could be another big fight at 170. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got George Simos who's getting ready for his next fight at 145. Uh, I mean, Fuse is on his way up, bro. Plus, we got, you know, Bobby Nash coming out of that camp, too. And yes Miles sir. is affiliated with us, too. So, Miles I mean, you, you got him. But then on top of that, you got, uh, you know, those are just guys from my camp. But you've also got, you know, all the guys down there at Michigan Top Team. Uh, right. You got KOP, Knockout Promotions, out June 17th uh, in Grand Rapids. I talked to Manib last night. Uh, my boy Mo Shatry's fighting that night. And one of my old teammates that started with us over at MASH, Anthony Fleming, is fighting that night, too. So, uh, you know, they, they do big things over there at Knockout Promotions, and they're selling out, uh, you know, the, the, Delta the Deltaplex over the there Delta in Plex. Grand Rapids. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to be, th- as far as local MMA goes, I mean, it's going to be a big card. And then you've got, uh, coming up in August, you've got King of the Cage coming back again. So, you know, Michigan MMA, man, is getting there. And with guys like Miles and Bobby and Darren doing his thing over there in Japan, Kevin and you Lee. got Cody Stamen killing it over there in KOP. Kevin Lee's uh, got a big fight in uh, Oklahoma against uh, Michael Chinquesa. Um, I met Mike Perry. Uh, I met. <laughs> it's funny. I met Mike Perry's parents, man. They're like the nicest people in the world. You would never think they <laughs> birthed that maniac, but uh, th- I mean that in a good way. You know, and another big name that I've been talking about for a minute, man. You know, you've also got to look at. Uh, you've also got to look at Jason Fisher, man. He's got the uh, 155 and had the 170 f- belt over there in WXC, and uh, you know, vacated that. I mean, he's on. I think a seven fight win streak at this point. Right. I mean. Fisher, Fisher's another one coming up out of here, man. You know, him and Cody and obviously Bobby and Miles are already on that big show. But I'm telling you, man, the other two names I mentioned, you know, Marco. Uh, Marco is one to watch for. And Josh, you know, Josh is another one you got to watch out for, man. You know, and uh, as I said, I mean, you got Cody Stamen. Michigan MMA is starting to, you know, come up a little bit. I mean, obviously it's not on the level of a, you know, Greg Jackson's out in New Mexico right. or, you know, California where you got Alliance and Team Alpha Male and all that stuff. Right. But, man, it's, it's nice you to start see. somewhere, man. You know, it's nice to see some of these dudes coming out because it's letting all these amateurs know, man, like you can come out of Michigan. Now, I wouldn't say you that, you know, I wouldn't say that going and training other places on top of Michigan is going to hurt. I think it can do right. nothing but help. But, I mean, it's shown that, you know, 
homegrown dude from Michigan, I mean, can make it. So, I mean, Bobby goes and trains in New Mexico. Miles obviously has, you know, big ties with somebody you named earlier, Jeremy Stevens. Right. You know, he did a lot of his last camp with him and, uh, you know, Galvao. But, uh, you know, I mean, Miles is still around here training right now in Hughes. So, uh, you know. So here, here's a question. Um, of course, the UFC is is the big the big company, and the rumor is is that December second, we're going to be getting a, a Detroit UFC pay per view. I'm with it. Dana White looks at you, and I think the the rumor started started when uh, Joe Rogan, who definitely one of the main commentators for the UFC, announced his tour. It was before that, but that had infuriated us. It's been in the work, and I've been hearing that for a good minute around the team. Man. But when Joe Rogan announced that he's performing in Detroit on a Friday, in the fight uh, December first, yeah. and and I've been to a few, I've been to a few events, and Joe Rogan usually, like pretty much every time I've been to a, a card that he was I announcing hope, on, I hope he had a comedy show the day I before. Hope it follows that trend, and if it does, and man, and he's not booked for that next day, that Saturday, so it kind of. Hey, I hope so, fire, man, man, because we haven't had one since the Rampage fight. And I'm telling you, man, I know Miles said he wants to fight on that f- card. Right. I know that Kevin Lee's been uh, Kevin fighting for it. Kevin Lee's been saying something about it. Bobby has already made it known he wants on the Detroit card. Plus, Mike, I mean, Mike Perry's another you know, guy here, who will be here, played here on know, that. I mean, you know, you got all those guys that I just named as far as, you know, up and coming guys, you know, a Cody Stamen, uh, a Fisher. You know, even Marco. By the time December, uh, by the time December comes around, Marco, Josh. You know, these guys rack up a few wins, man. I mean, right. it only makes and sense it, to try to rack it with you know more Michigan guys. But I mean, hell, dude, you were talking about putting you know Rashad Evans on there. He's a Michigan State guy. Why not? Uh, I mean, you were talking about putting uh, the Joanna, fight Joanna here. and Rose. I mean, that'd dude, be a great one. I, I big, think it's a great. big. There's a big po- Polish contingency here in the Detroit area, so to have Joanna, the Polish, uh, I'm with that too, man. Yeah, I'd be I great. just feel like them bringing the UFC here will be bring a spotlight to a lot of guys that you've got around here. Right. You know, because as we've seen in past fights, a lot of t- how many times do they bring in hometown guys? I love it, dude. Bring the UFC back here. Hopefully, when that new arena's finished, man, it goes and it, you know. It comes out great, which I'm sure it will. You know, makes it a destination to want to come back. You know, it's good for local talent. Yes, you know, if they bring a big fight here and it does good pay-per-view numbers and good, you know, a good gate and sells out, I hope they keep coming back here, man. Because like I said, and let's put CM Punk summer. on there too. Let's do that. Oh hell. CM <laughs> <laughs> Punk, Chicago guy, man. Chicago's oh, five hours hell. away. Put that C- guy. CM Punk versus look, the Green bro, Power Rangers. Let's do guy it. Man. Just like you, bro. I love CM Punk, but dude, that guy. I'll Who are you gonna have him fight? The Green Power Ranger, man. No, but CM Punk versus Jason David Frank. Let's do it, man. In Detroit. But you can't. It's gonna go down in Motown. Punk versus the Ranger. I wouldn't be mad at seeing him fight just because I'm a WWE guy. But bro, <laughs> let's be honest, man. All them other guys that I named need to be getting a spot before CM Punk does. But if it does, I, hey, I would love for it. look. I would love for them to put them on, put him on that card just for the fact that it's guaranteed to sell some pay per views. Hey, as the great so as the great promoter Eric Bischoff oh. said, controversy creates cash, man. Hey, I hope he, I hope <laughs> he, d- I hope he does good, man. But at a certain point. Even though he's got a name, that's all you even need. Even though he's got, it's not all you need, bro. Because d- he's got to have put in the work, though, bro. Dude, you look, look. Okay, 
We're talking about two different things. We're talking about legit. You're talking about legitimately fighting. I'm talking about the business side of it. You look at the paper. It's good business. Look to at the paper views from last year, and that, that paper view was one of the highest selling ones he's last year. He's got a win though. He doesn't have a win. He no, doesn't you have can't a win. Keep bringing a guy in to lose because it it yeah. drops the credibility. And I agree with you. You have one more. Team. You have one more shot at this. And okay, I say take it gonna, here in Detroit. If it's going to be a winner go home, sure. But you can't keep bringing this dude in just because he wins fights. And I or or because of his name. Yeah. I mean, I like CM Punk, but I'm just saying. He's got. He's got like one more. Guys that need to be getting a chance. That if you're going to keep bringing a guy, say hypothetically he does fight and he loses. You can't have a guy who is zero and two taking spots from a guy who's four and four and zero, five and zero, ten and one. Like I mean, at a certain point, I would love to see it here, but hey, if he wins, let's put it like this: How about we get one of your boys to call out hell, CM Punk? I'm with it. I'm <laughs> with it. Marco, I say call him up. Marco, Josh, I'm gonna need you to get on that, bro. <laughs> hey. You can't go wrong with that, man. I'm, hey, if you want to put it that way, Marco, Josh, Fisher, do it. They, they fight at 170 around there? Yeah, yep. Fisher, like I told you, just had the one. He has the 155 belt. He had the 170 in WXC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marco is. I forgot exactly what his record is, but I know he's got a. F- he's still undefeated. He's got a few wins. He just had a big win over John White for King of the Cage. Right. Uh, you know, and Josh, you know, Josh is going to come back and get his next fight on there. Good man, you want to keep doing like you did with Mickey Gall? Put him in there with one of them guys that don't got a lot of fights. And put I tell it, you, put it like this, man. Why don't we try to get one of those guys in the show and see if they want to book that fight December second, man? Only thing with that, that's got to go get Big Don first. Well, you know. Well, hey, we can get Big. Hey, whoever Big Don wants to put against CM Punk, how about we do oh that? Oh my God. <laughs> Don, just for the record, when you hear this, this is this is. Hey. <laughs> I'm not trying to jump the gun. The views and thoughts of Devin McKenzie are those of Devin McKenzie. They do not necessarily reflect those of Kyle. They are Devin McKenzie and the property of Big Daddy D Incorporated. <laughs> Hot damn. You just. <laughs> hey, I'm. That just sounded like a stripper name, bro. What the hell? My stripper name was Brown Velvet, so we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so let's go ahead and uh, wrap this show up, man. Uh <laughs> Once again, I I enjoyed the, uh, the the card this past weekend, UFC 212. Y- any last thoughts on 212, man? Uh, it was better than I expected. Uh, you know, it's nice to see some people scrap and get in there and fight, man. At the end of the day, it's a fight business. Yep. So uh, before we get out of here, man, we, we want to throw out your your social media for the people. Um, on Facebook, uh, I'm Kyle Collison, K-Y-L-E-C-O-L-L-I-S-O-N. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Detroit Knockout. The, it's Detroit, uh, N-O-K-O-U-T. Um, feel free to follow your boy. Uh, you know, I'm pretty, I'm active with whoever wants to talk, man. Hey, uh, and why don't you go ahead and promote the gyms real quick, man, before we get uh, out of here. Shout out to Fuse MMA, man, Big Don Richard. Uh, shout out to Mash Gym, Todd Alley, Team Kaiki. Uh, you know, shout out to the other gyms doing big things out here, too. Michigan Top Team, Darren Cookshank, Jason Fisher. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, man, Michigan MMA as a whole. Shout out to Bobby Nash. Shout out to my boy, Miles of Fury Jury. Um, yeah, man, Michigan MMA is on the way up. And... Uh, the car coming up on June 17th, I think it is. Why don't you go ahead and uh, throw that out there real quick, let you let people know um, uh, who's going to be. I know that there's going to be Knockout Promotions is going to have their show out in Grand Rapids. Uh, I know Matt Brendo put that car together. I saw Manib 
out at B-Dubs last night and was talking to him, talking about getting him on the show. Uh, kid's a killer, man. He just took he just took his first loss, uh, first loss, I believe, against Dakota Esch in a fight that was a great fight, man, but they're running it back uh, for Manib's uh, amateur belt and his la- what should be his last fight before he goes pro. Okay. I mean, this dude is a great striker. Uh, he got caught up at the end and got submitted. But you know what, dude? I want to see him scrap. So you gonna gonna get that on the seventeenth? See what I can do. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let me go ahead and throw my social media out there. You can hit me up on Twitter at Devin the Six Three. That's D E V I N T H E Six Three. You can hit me on Instagram at All Steak No Sizzle. It's all one word. You can hit me on Facebook. Um, I'll throw the, I'll throw the other podcast name out there, I guess, where you can hit me up for the most part. Uh, just type in All Steak No Sizzle Podcast on your in your search bar, and it'll pop right up. And that's about it. That's that's, that's pretty much my social media game right there. Oh, if you want to send me, me personally an email, you can do so at asnspodcast at gmail.com. That's as... Show some love to All Steak No Sizzle. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's asnspodcast at gmail.com. That being said, let's go ahead and end this MMA section of the show. Knock out some two crowns, bro. Yes, sir. Peace.